All right, we are live. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Okay. We're back after I produced the show today for Ancient Aliens Worldwide. We ended up putting it on Orion Rising and then going live on Ancient Aliens Worldwide because we were having issues with ancient aliens worldwide not quite sure what was going on there but there was some craziness that was going on right so we had to figure that out uh, and then of course uh, gary had uh craziness going on with all of his devices would not use audio even the telephone tried to call his wife on the telephone and the t- and his and his microphone on the telephone would not work not quite sure what was going on there but it was craziness right so show this out, show this out. We got that hammered out, and that was a great show. We're going to have Gary back and do a, at least another part or two uh, to that. Uh, if you guys were there and saw that, most of the people I'm seeing in the crowd now, I think most of you were there. Not everybody, but most of you were there. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, you should go back after this. Go to Orion Rising above this part, uh, this this episode, or go to Orion, uh, Ancient Aliens Worldwide and take a, a look at that uh, interview because there's going to be more to come. Uh, he was really uh, excited and really happy with that. That was his very first live interview, by the way. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, even though Gary's been doing this forever, uh, and he talked about that, how so many people are, um, you know, uh, saying things as if they were theirs and they're his, right? Uh, and so he's now, you know, uh, reclaiming some of what is supposed to be his by talking about it and publishing the stuff that he's doing. Okay, so we're going to talk about the law of one, which kind of plays into what Gary was talking about with the pyramids and everything that's going on with the pyramids. And we're right in the middle of that. You with question, uh, I, I went back to question 2.3. It's a long one, but because of the information that Raw gives during this, I went backwards instead because literally question four starts with, thank you, I would like to uh, go further on that point. So if you're just now picking this up and you didn't catch the first episode that we did, you will have, you'll be in the middle of a conversation and go, what is he talking about? So I backed up by, I know, right? And he said, Gary was, was wandering. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he, he, that was the, the beauty of, of what he was talking about and where it was going. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. I talked to him uh, briefly after the show, we talked for about another half an hour, um, maybe a little bit longer than that before we took a break. And, um, uh, and there's so much more that I don't even know, but I could pick his brain a little bit. And he said, oh, yeah, we'll be talking about that next time. So there's a ton, a ton, a ton of stuff that's going to be come out of, coming out of that man's head. And he's, and he's getting he has already two books that he's writing. And he's got two more in, the, in his mind. And once he gets these first two out, he's going to have like four books at least, uh, you know, on top of the ones that he already wrote which is another like four or some odd books. You guys should look him up. So, uh, and, and you'll see that, like I said, when you, when you start, especially, you know, he wrote the co-wrote the book uh, with, with uh, Penniston uh, during the Rendlesham forest incident. He was the, the guy who basically wrote most of the book. Uh, and uh, now he's got, he's writing his own book and it furthers that, not just the alien question and stuff that's going on with the ufos this obviously gets more into spirituality right uh and and uh, uh, just like the reason i named this show orion rising was for the same mathematical uh equations that kept pointing us uh to something different and you know including the and i typed in the chat so if you were in there 
I was knighted uh, by the Holy Roman Catholic Church, by the Holy Roman Catholic See. And uh, hold on, I'm going to take this one banner down so you guys can see me here before we get started on the other stuff. I got to take the overlay down. There I am. And you can see I already have on the screen, I already have uh, the YouTube channel up with uh, the next question that we're about to start. So, I, you know, being knighted by, not, not knighted by the queen, so I'm not exactly sure what they go through, but I think it's similar. And the reason I say that is the docudrama that, um, that Ridley Scott made uh, called uh, Kingdom of Heaven, uh, which is more uh, history than it is anything else. Uh, they had to downplay the violence uh, and the gore from actual war to get an, a, I think they even had an NC-17 rating uh, in, that, uh, in that movie. Um, I think most of it's an R now, but still, uh, to get that, they had to downplay actual gore and violence to where it was. So the, the, the violence in, in that kind of warfare is 100 times worse than what you see in that movie. However, everything that happens in that movie and all the lines that people say uh, are, are in history. So it's all actual. Uh, the only different, the only thing we're not sure of in history uh, is uh, whether Guy de Lucien was actually um, uh, as old or as young as he was at, that, at, at the time and whether Balian was, in fact, Godfrey's son. There's uh, conflicting stories there. Most people think he was, and some people think that he was not, and that he just uh, was uh, was there with him and, and knighted by him, and uh, he you know basically adopted him as his son. Uh, either way, he still was proverbially his, his son. And everything you see in that movie actually happened in real life. Uh, everything, every bit of it. That, that's how we know that it's that it could be because history told the story of it, and then they just wrote the movie from that. So in that, getting to the point, in that, the, the, the priest of the clergy comes to Balian uh, after all the knights left to go and fight and died. The whole army got killed and the other ones marched away because they didn't want to have any part of it. And they went back to the other parts of the kingdom, Acker and, uh, and a few other cities that they still owned. And they left Jerusalem because they knew that Sahaladin was going to capture it. So he says, we have no knights. How are we going to defend Jerusalem? And they were surrounded by Sahaladin's army. And he said, truly, we have no knights. And then he just turned around and yelled to every every man who is capable of bearing arms or is bearing arms, kneel. And he knighted everyone. And um, when he did what he said in that movie is what is said to you in real life. OK, um, uh, when I was knighted in, in the Knights of Columbus, uh, you can be uh, a first or a second or a third degree knight without actually uh, being knighted and given a title. When you're uh, knighted as a third degree knight, you take that oath. So he literally says in there, and this is where Gary was saying, uh, the you know, that everybody was upright because upright is is zero point and 23.5 or 23.3 degrees is off. And that's the way our planet is off by that much degrees. In there, they say, be upright and speak the truth, even if it leads to your death. Be upright, meaning be balanced, be holy, be upright. Okay, and you know John, of course, John the Baptist. Every uh, image of John is him pointing up, upright. It's not just everybody thought it was you know, pointing to the sky to God. Well, in a sense, yes, because it means the same thing. Okay, so your oath as a knight, and that was being knighted the same way you were knighted. Well, no, because that was still being knighted by the church. So, but uh, and then even the slap in the face, backhanded across your face. They've kind of downplayed it a little bit, but they explained to you that for for generations that's what they did, and they would smack you across the face and said, "This is to remind you of your oath." That happens. 
then when you get knighted as a, a yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I have a sir, a sir title. My name is you know, Sir Leo. I have Sir Leonard Edward Gabriel Leo O'Neill is my Christian knighthood name. Because okay, I was baptized. Uh, my full name was Leonard Edward O'Neill, and I was baptized with two names, Gabriel and Leo. So my so literally my name is Sir Knight Leonard Edward Gabriel Leo O'Neill, and so my title is Sir Leo. Yes, um, and so. You then go in front of clergy and they're in the full costume and you literally take a knee on a pillow, one knee, and they literally have the sword and they do and they say that stuff that you see in King Arthur in the name of God and St. Michael and St. John and all of this stuff. Uh, and then they touch your shoulder. You kiss the sword, the whole nines, and then you uh, pledge as a knight and you rise as the title that you have. And they know your name. They know your title because they ask your ward, the, your, the person who is uh, that is presenting you, that is uh, has vouched for you. Because to become a knight in the Catholic Church these days, not anyone. They don't want robber knights anymore like Guy de Lucion and his brother. So you have to be invited, which means you have to be vetted. And you cannot be in service to self and pretending like Guy de Lucion and his men. So you had to be in serve. You have to be in service to others. So you have to have people vouch for you that you are actually knightly quality before you could be knighted anymore. Okay. Uh, so, but that's your oath. Be upright, right, and and speak the truth, even if it leads to your death. Safeguard the helpless. All of that stuff you hear is real. Okay. So that has to do with the everybody pointing up and the always seeing the clergy upright. And then what Gary was talking about with the angle uh, not being right. That's why John the Baptist was doing this and pointing up all the time. And you see everyone else doing that as well. Uh, and, and all of those things, uh, you know, I've touched on. And so the, the, the stuff that the pyramid touched on and he was talking about in the pyramid is what's being covered right now in, in the law of one. They literally, Raw was just talking about the building of the pyramid, and we're moving into the spirituality of the pyramid and all of that uh, that was going on. And then, of course, the corruption that happened at the time uh, due to Raw and their people not understanding that there was 8% of our population that was, in fact, nefarious. Right, I'm holding the microphone because the the way this stupid setup is for StreamYard, which I might fire because I just found another company that uh, that is just as good, if not better, than StreamYard, and I'm going to be trying those out. Thank you for that, by the way, uh, Ariel, who linked that in uh, her group. I'm going to look into that uh, that platform and see if it's any good. Uh, and if it is, I may not have to do this because for some reason on this computer. Uh, I can't play videos properly without putting my microphone to the speakers uh, from another website, even though it's a shared, uh, uh, you know, the, the sound. Okay, so uh, it, now I'm going to go ahead and get into the law of one. So we we left off at at the end of question two point three, right? So it's session two, question three. At the end of that, so we're going into four. But I've backed up because three is a long answer, long question, long answer uh, by Raw, and then. Uh, then uh, from there, uh, the the uh, the Don, the questioner, has a secondary question that pertains to the first question. So I wanted to back up uh, because I didn't want people to get lost because there's a lot of information here. In fact, I almost backed up to the beginning of two, but I knew that I would spend probably 
you know, another 20 or 30 minutes like I did last time on the first two and a half questions. So I didn't. I just went to backed up to three. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and put this in full screen, get this out of here, and then I'll put that up in full screen. Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and play it. And if you guys have questions at any time, ask me the question. I will stop. Uh, and periodically, of course, I'm going to stop and translate because seven or five years ago in 2017, when I started this, um, I was awake, but nowhere near where I am now. So all of the information that I gathered from that then, and then going back and listening to the law of one now, there's a complete deeper level. And I know that this is apparent in everything. And I've re recognized that in, in five more years, I'll probably be revisiting the law of one again. Uh, because of the content and how things change, how I change, how your perception, my perception, everyone's perception changes, right? So that's, you know, that's just what's going to happen. You guys will have the same thing happen to you, right? So yes, Josie, thank you. She said, outstanding movie, right? She said she references it so often. I agree. You, I mean, you can't, you can't not if you're talking spirituality or uh, even the, the plight of the human race, and the dichotomy between what's going on in the in the in the the dark night of the soul and the shadow work, all of that is apparent in that it's a, literally playing out in real time and right before our eyes, right? And Peter, I wanted to th thank you. Peter Coyle is in the audience, and uh, Peter was. Uh, if you guys go back and listen to what Gary was saying, and then read what Peter was saying. Peter even caught himself at one point because he realized he was giving away too much information and said, okay, I'm saying too much, right? So um, you guys should go and take a look at that uh, and listen to what Peter said because it, Peter was backing up what Gary was saying with real-time prophecy, actual prophecy and history and spirituality uh, that he was able to uh, you know, um, continue with what Gary was saying. Uh, Gary didn't notice it, but afterwards, Gary was like, "What was? who was that guy? That was great stuff. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that's Peter, right? Peter Coyle from Ireland. He's my brother. He's a coalition member, and he and he is uh, uh, knows that stuff. And this is so exciting for Peter and I because him talking about this, the way he's talking about it, Miguel, welcome, uh, is stuff that we've been trying to get out there to the world to sort of have another voice with with uh, with Gary. Uh, it, it, Peter and I are pretty excited to have Gary's voice voicing that, and I'm sure that that uh, 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 a few of you are as well, right? I, I can know a couple of you who would, you know, are probably going, "Wait a minute," you know, uh, especially those of you who know the law of one and that are looking into that. Josie, for one, uh, I'm sure that she's really excited about uh, what Gary had to say because she knows this stuff as well. She knows the prophecy. She knows uh, that, that this is stuff we've been trying to convey to people, but a lot of it we've held back. I did a show on that where I talked about what we hold back because some of it we don't want because the future, you know, like Yoda says, uh, you know, the future isn't written. So, and, and even Obi-Wan said that if in all full of wise philosophers will tell you that the future is emotion. So we create the future so that so we don't want to tell people this is what's predicted if it's like a doomsday scenario, because that is something that someone nefarious is working towards. So we don't tell some of the stuff that is that it goes on. But a lot of it like this, the Hopi and the and the Anasazi and the, you know, the, the indigenous to America and the indigenous to Australia have been keeping this information as well until Bakhtun. 12 ended and now Bakhtun 13 is starting. That's the Mayan calendar that I referred to. And now is the time people need this information 
I did a show talking about the information that was locked up in the Bibles and why is it that that's unlocked now and who locked that up. And if that's the case, that means all of this was a plan of God's and it was supposed to happen the way it was happening literally so that now we would be unlocking this. And Gary is just another uh, unlocking of this knowledge that is now coming forward for people to uh, to hear and it's right at the exact time that uh, the three-year activation is coming to a close which is supposed to activate fully people like Gary and all of you out there that have been doing this already and then and the people that are starting to wake up so this is why I'm going back and doing the law of one now because it's happening in real time and the law of one is unlocking even more right for stuff like that so what is it, uh, uh, Denise said, uh, Adina, I'll ask Leo again later. What was the question? What, there was a question. Did I miss a question that you guys were, were asking? I apologize if the, I asked something earlier. Was that when you asked about, ask me the question again. Dina, do it right now before I start. Ask me the question you asked. You asked, uh, she, she said, I asked the same earlier. What was the question? I don't see the question. Ask me the question again, please. And I'll, and I'll answer it, right? I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm but I'm not exactly sure. So, uh, and I, for some reason, this thing's acting weird, and I don't know why the chat is is acting strange for me. Probably because of the other stuff that was going on. Um, so, like right now, you, I can see your names there, but I can't read what you're saying. It's hidden behind other words. So, I'm going to say hi and and put and bump you up. <laughs> right? Okay. So. Yes, Denise, when will will the earth become upright again? Yes, and, and Gary didn't get on to that, and I was I was told by or asked by Mandy to please not uh, come on and ask questions because you guys know how know how I am and I'll get going and she and if I got Gary going and he and I started talking like nerds, it would be like me and Jacqueline Taylor, if you guys know Jacqueline Taylor, if she and I started talking and when we do on a show, uh, we lose a lot of the crowd. We start talking in a language that people go, I have no idea what they're saying right now. What do they, what, where did they go? Okay. So the answer to that question is yes. The, the, as we, that's actually the, the greatest question. And I was hoping Gary was going to answer it, but he didn't. Uh, he said, I don't know was the, was what he said to the answer to that question. Uh, and the question is that that's why be upright as we write ourselves. Okay. We will write this planet as well, because as we evolve spiritually, as a as a we have to realize as you evolve as a spiritual being, you then start to get the understanding, the understanding. There's that word again. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself back up on the screen so you guys can see me here. You get the understanding or the understanding uh, that you are a co-creator, co-creator, that we create. Therefore, as we as a human race on this planet now become more spiritual once again and move back closer to the light, we will start to right this planet. And we know that the planet's wobble is slowing down like a top when you spin it. It's going the opposite direction. Like a top, you spin it and it starts to wobble and it gets worse and then it falls down and stops. We are doing the opposite. The earth was tilted on its axis. And that's where I didn't talk about live, but I told Gary afterwards, if you read the, the Colbrin Bible spelled with a K, Peter knows what I'm talking about. And it's, it's so it's, it's K-O-L-B-R-I-N, Colbrin Bible. 
it's a Scottish uh, Bible, and it, the first six books in the Bible are scrolls that came out of Egypt during the Exodus with Moses. Those scrolls, the first six books, are scrolls that came out, I'm saying it again on purpose, came out of Egypt during the Exodus. You can read those scrolls. It doesn't stop at the deluge. Most history doesn't go very far past the deluge. This, these scrolls in this Bible go back two more destructions of the earth, one of which, the oldest one, is what is referred to in the Hindu uh, Vedics, the, the uh, Bhagavata, or how do you say that? I always say that wrong. Bhagavata and the Mahabharata, which is about the war of the gods. Okay, so the, it is literally about destruction of Earth from, uh, from uh, uh, the uh, meteors and asteroids uh, uh, flying around and crashing into one another, which that goes, if you, if you actually uh, go back to Marduk, right, in, in that era, and then you go back to, to um, uh, what's the planet I'm, I'm thinking of now, Moldek, and the destruction of Moldek, this is just prior to, this is prior, pre-Atlantean. Uh, the people who fought in that war when they blew up Moldek came to Earth to escape because Moldek blew up and the other planets blew up out further in the war. The moon, our moon, was a satellite base that was around a moon, which was orbiting Moldek, and they brought that here because without Moldek, it, we got knocked off our axis, and when we're knocked off our axis, we don't have the ecosystem we have, and we needed something to help retain the ecosystem, so they brought the moon here. And the moon orbiting our Earth, which is a space station, which is actually a ship, but it broke, uh, so it doesn't move right now. It was towed here. This is, in, this is the story that's not in the Colburn. What I'm telling you now is not from the Colburn Bible. You won't find that there, but you'll find the, the, the mythos of the destruction of the human race. So that was prior to the deluge. The deluge happened when the Atlanteans were here and half of them went to war, which is also in the, in the uh, uh, Hindu Vedics. Where they went, there where the war was there. That was when Vishnu and and uh, and Krishna and those well, gods went to war, and uh, then that was when the the Luciferians stayed on Earth after the the uh, half of the people that were the Atlanteans uh, tried to destroy the planet and kill off the human race and their buddies who were stranded here, and those people are the ones who took control of the planet. And those are the ones that have the elongated skulls that have been proven DNA, that they're still, their, their descendants are all of the leaders of every single country on the face of the earth today, proven through DNA uh, during the documentary in 2017, Above Majestic. Okay, so this information that I'm telling you is part of the information that we didn't give out to people because people corrupt things, okay? But now people are at a place where they can understand it, so we're talking about it more. And so this is why I lose a lot of people when I talk about that, exactly what I just said to you. But you can look this stuff up. It's out there for you to find. It's not a lie. And, okay, so that's what Gary was alluding to. The uprightness is us as we uplift ourselves and the Schumann resonance of the entire planet, which, which uh, before 2012 was at 3.3, and it is now like 35 to 60 Okay, in, in megahertz, which is insane. It's never been that high in the history of the planet. 
except for in the time before we were shifted off our axis and turned evil and shifted away from uh, the Holy Spirit and away from God. Hence, everybody pointing up, uh, uh, being straight up, being zero point. That's the whole purpose of zero point. I did a, 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 a an entire uh, um, a documentary on that, or we did, we did a webinar on that and we didn't get to finish that. And we were still planning it, which I'm sure we're going to eventually now because it's become more and more apparent. The zero point is not just the end game. It's the beginning. That's the alpha and the omega. The zero point is the returning. If you read the Emerald tablets of, of Thoth and Ra's going to talk about that. So I'm not rambling guys. If some of you are like, you're not even talking about the law of one. I actually, as we go forward in the next few weeks, Everything I'm saying to you now is going to be reiterated to you by raw, and you're going to see another angle of what I'm saying to you. Okay, so Thoth or Toth or Toth, depending on the potato potato, where you're from and how you and how you uh, pronounce things, said during the Emerald Tablets that the, the way to heaven is through the center. The center is the heart chakra, the center of the earth, which is the, if you put the Vitruvian man in the circle, the heart chakra is in the center of the planet. That's the mathematical equation that you saw that was the, the, the star, but it was elongated so that you had the star of David also there, which is the, the male phalanx and the female phalanx, right? I don't have two hands. So one's this way and the other one is that way. Uh, and they're, inter, they're, they're pushed together. That's a 1D version of the heart chakra. Okay, and his mathematical equation overlaid on the planet is the 1D or the 2D version, but not a 3D or a 4D version of the. And I did an entire uh, uh, dissertation. I did an entire uh, 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 one hour. I think it was only an hour that I did two years ago on Earth Day, not last year, but the year before on Earth Day. I did a whole hour where I showed you all the images with all the stars, with all that stuff, including the heart chakra and everything, and explained how all of that meant. So, yes, to answer, I know it was a long way off that I went, yes, the earth is going to write itself as we, and I hate to say the humanity because there's that word man in there again, human uh, again, right? So people go, wait, 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 there's another gender here. So us beings, us Terrans, Terra, Terra is earth, that's where we live, not terror. Terra, terra firma, you've heard that. Terra is the name of our planet, not Earth. It means Earth. But the name of our planet isn't Earth. It's Terra. Okay, so there's that's like saying, you know, something that means uh, run, but it, but in fact it, it means to, you know, to operate. Not the word run, where if you say run, people could think you mean running or running down the street. Uh, so Earth uh, is land, is dirt, right? And in the movie, uh, The Last Starfighter, when, uh, when the, the guy, I don't remember his name, the kid, uh, when uh, Griggs, the, the alien, said, where are you from? He said, Earth. And the, the response was, Earth what? Because Earth meant planet, right? It means ground, dirt, planet. So uh, so the, our planet is called Terra. So we are Terrans, not Earthlings. Take me to your leader, Earthling. Okay. So we are Terrans. Terra is Earth. Terrans, not humans, right? Terrans or beings. Uh, and if you guys remember me doing the alien interview, she called us is bees, people who are or is being, is being. You are, you is, or you are being. So that's what she referred, the alien referred to the, the soul was a being. Okay, and that's pneuma. Pneuma is the Greek word that means the, the breath of life, the spark of life, the being, to become the being. Okay, so 
so yes, eventually we're going to ride ourselves as we as we ride ourselves, the planet will ride itself and start moving back to uh, absolute north being the zero point. And when that happens, just like uh, Gary said, it is the utopia because you don't have the four seasons. We won't need the moon anymore. And the moon is slowly moving away from us. People don't realize that. Eventually, the moon, as it moves away from us, is going to have less and less effect on the Earth. Why? The moon is moving away from us at the exact same uh, rate of speed as we're writing the planet back to zero point. And eventually, the moon will move far enough away to where it no longer has sway over the Earth. And it's going to go into a, an elliptical orbit for a natural moon like all other moons exist in the entire cosmos and in the entire universe and all the universes, there is no moon that is where as close as our moon is having the effect that our moon is having on any planet anywhere that anyone's been able to ever find. And so it's slowly moving away from us. And as it's moving away from us, we're riding ourselves more. The quicker we ride ourselves, the quicker the moon will move away from us. Why? We are in charge here and we create this reality. So when we get the utopia back, we don't have any seasons anymore and it's going to be perpetually springtime everywhere on the planet. Okay. And then we're going to have plenty of food, plenty of greenery. And it is literally the garden of Eden. It is literally the age of Aquarius. That is what's going to happen to us in the future and not 10,000 years from now. Okay. I know that was a very long answer, but I think it needed to be, if you watched the two and a half, almost three hours that we did with Gary, you needed that long ass explanation. I just gave you. Right for that question. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, put this in a full screen, take myself off the screen here, put this back up here, uh, and then I'm going to pull that into full screen so you can see that image better. And we're going to go ahead and start with that. But like I said, I am monitoring the chat. So if you guys have questions, uh, don't hesitate. I will stop and answer them because the truth is, if this takes us, last time it took me two years and 10 months. And we were trying to blow through this as fast as possible. So, and sometimes the, you know, you went, oh my God, they went three hours. We were trying to blow, we weren't trying to kill time. We were trying to blow through it as fast as we can. So I know it's going to take me a while to finish all of the law of one, but I want to ring it out again the way it should be. So uh, anything that you guys say, I want to read the chat. If there's uh, questions in there, like I said, I will uh, stop and answer that. So let me go over here and put this in a full screen and we'll go ahead and get started here. Question 2.3. Questioner, we are very interested in the entire story that you have to tell and getting into the law of one in quite some detail. There will be several questions that I'll ask as we go along that may or may not be related directly to understanding the, the law of one. However, I believe that the proper way of presenting this as a peach learning vehicle is to investigate different facets of what you tell us. You spoke of crystal healing. One other thing I want to mention is that when the instrument becomes fatigued, we want to cut off communication and continue questions at a later time when, and when the instrument is charged. If the instrument is suitable at this time, we would like a little information about the crystal healing that you mentioned. Answer, I am Ra. The principle of crystal healing is based upon an understanding of the hierarchical nature of the structure of the illusion, which is the physical body, as you would call it. There are crystals which work upon the energies coming into the spiritual body. There are crystals which work upon the distortions from spirit to mind. There are crystals which balance the distortions between the mind and the body. All of these crystal healings are charged through purified channels. Without the relative crystallization of the healer working with the crystal, the crystal will not be properly charged. 
The other ingredient is a proper alignment with the energy fields of the planet upon which you dwell and the holistic or cosmic distortions or streamings which enter the planetary aura in such a manner that an appropriate ratio of shapes and placement within these shapes is of Remember, we talked about that last time, the colors of the crystals coinciding, and that means like amethyst and ruby and, and all of those things uh, coincide with the colors of the chakras, and those dictate the uh, workings and energies that should be worked and used through crystals, uh, and, and everything is crystalline. So just because something is a diamond, a diamond is crystalline. It is still a crystal. It just has a different crystalline structure than a regular crystal, which is, which is more glass and not as complexly packed. So a ruby, an emerald, uh, anything like that, those colors uh, coincide like what we talked about last time. I just want to mention it again in case you didn't catch last week's uh, uh, show. Uh, all those uh, coincide with the colors of the rainbow, which are the colors of chakras. And each chakra has its own energy base and what that energy does. So if you're going to charge crystals and they, they do the same thing with candles, the color of the candle uh, dictates what you're going to use. Like you would use red for uh, people would use red candles for uh, love when in true you in truth, you should use uh, emerald green because the green is the heart chakra and that's more the love where, but the base root and beginning of the human psyche and being is red. And that's why people use red for love, because if you're trying to attract love, you want to attract the beginning of a good love. And that would start from, the base root chakra and work itself through as you guys uh, progress through your relationship. So you need to understand that uh, to understand, well, why don't they just jump to green then and use that? Because then you're jumping past the beginning stage, the doing stage, the knowing stage, and then the loving stage. Do you understand? So all, all of that coincides together. And I just want to say that really quickly, and then I'm going to let this uh, continue to play. Indicated aid in the untangling or balancing process. To go through the various crystals to be used would be exhaustive to this instrument, although you may ask us if you wish in another session. The delicacy, shall we say, of the choosing of the crystal is very critical and, in truth, a crystalline structure such as a diamond or ruby can be used by a purified channel who is filled with the love light of one, in almost any application. This, of course, takes initiation, and there have never been many to persevere to the extent of progressing through the various distortion leadings which initiation causes. May we further inform you in any fairly brief way upon this or another subject? Question 2.4. Questioner, yes. You mentioned that the pyramids were an outgrowth of this. Could you expand a little on that? Were you responsible for the building of the pyramid, and what was the purpose of the pyramid? Answer, I am Ra. The larger pyramids were built by our ability using the forces of one. The stones are alive. It has not been so understood by the mind, body, spirit distortions of your culture. The purposes of the pyramids were to, firstly, to have a properly oriented place of initiation for those who wished to become purified or initiated channels for the law of one. Two, we wished then to carefully guide the initiates in developing a healing of the people whom they sought to aid and the planet itself. Pyramid after pyramid charged by the crystal and initiate were designed to balance the incoming energy of the one creation with the many and multiple distortions of the planetary mind, body, spirit. 
In this effort, we were able to continue work that brothers within the Confederation had effected through building of other crystal-bearing structures and thus complete a ring, if you will, of these about the Earth's surface. This instrument begins to lose energy. We ask for one more query or subject and then we shall take our leave for this time-space. Question 2.5 Questioner, you might mention that originally there was a capstone on the pyramid at the top. What was it made of and how you moved the heavy blocks to build the pyramid? What technique was used for that? Answer, I am Ra. I request that we be asked this question in our next work time, as you would term the distortion sharing that our energies produce. If you... Now the reason why I stopped there is I also, off camera, uh, talked to uh, Gary about the the pyramid when it was working. Now, they're about to ask, should we turn the pyramid back on? I don't know if it's exactly in this session, but coming up. And during that time, Ross says no, because it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't need the, the effectiveness that it had at the time was for the initiate. And you don't need that anymore. That would suggest that most of us on this planet are no longer considered an initiate. So, that means that we be we got past that and we lost that memory and that's part of what they were trying to eradicate from us and i brought up and you guys can look this up and i don't know exactly which scroll it is but there's only what seven or eight uh or ten scrolls that were in the uh, the uh, uh dead sea scrolls but it wasn't philip and it wasn't uh uh what's the other name john or william or whatever it was um those are mostly uh, jesus said this and jesus said that in their quotes uh, and but I don't remember uh, which it was in, which scroll it was in. But I do remember the content of the scroll, and it talks about all of the stuff that that Gary talked about with the pituitary gland and the and the third eye, uh, and the chakra points, uh, and the pyramid itself, uh, and 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 the higher chamber that we uh, that they, I know that they've X-rayed. They know there's another chamber above the highest chamber but we haven't been able to find a way to get into it yet so that is actual true actual fact there is you can look that up there is another chamber and they don't know how to get to access it now the in the scroll one of the dead sea scrolls they're talking about the initiates and they're talking about raising your vibration and your consciousness and this is why i talk about all the time raising your consciousness and your awareness above, and I just typed this, uh, if you guys are following the conversation that we're having about it in one of the groups, um, I just talked about this and I, and I talked about it uh, briefly. No, I didn't do it on air at all today. I did it off air. Uh, I talked about the scroll says um, those who, and, and it might be even be here in the, in uh, the law of one, it, it could be raw that, that talks about it. The, the initiate who, uh, when you raise your vibration to the queen's chamber, in, in the queen's chamber, that's the third eye position, okay? Uh, that's the mind's eye. That's the position that you need to open. You need to have your third eye wide. That's why I wear that T-shirt that says third eye wide uh, all the time. You need to open up your third eye. Above that, above that, in that, in that chamber that we have not accessed in the pyramid, the, that chamber was designed because it is, in fact, the place in your uh, spiritual, the spiritual path or on your spiritual path that is above the thinking mind, the construct of this brain, above the ego. 
And if you, any of you who followed me, and most of you that I'm looking at your uh, your uh, names here, you guys have done the 30 second meditation that I that I teach. And it, me teaching you that is you achieving that place that the pyramid was designed to pull a human to. And the reason that, uh, obviously, that we don't need to do that anymore is because people like myself, and, and I'm not just the only person, there's probably billions, maybe even, uh, you know, you know, two or three billion people on this planet that, that get what I get and that are practicing it and teaching it to you guys. Okay? So what the pyramid was designed ultimately to do was to heal in, in one place if you needed healing, spiritually and physically, then to, uh, to elevate you uh, you know, uh, to another place, moving into the queen's chamber, which is elevating you to the third eye and the awakening, awakening of the third eye. And from that knowledge gained by doing that, you would ascend to the higher place, which if you look at the chakras, is the crown chakra above and outside of the human body, which is that, that uh, purple or violet color. And then the one above that, of course, the higher, higher one is all, is all white. That is when you ascend back to pure energy and you no longer uh, need this corporal body. However, when you get to the, to the violet, that is above the place that your thinking mind can bother you with thought. It is above the place where your ego can use the thinking mind to distract you. That is the place in the pyramid. Peter started to allude to that, Peter Coyle who was in the audience earlier. I don't know if he's still with us. It's, it's morning for him over there. He might be in bed. Uh, but he, was, he started to allude to that and wasn't sure where Peter was going. So he stopped himself and said, I'm, I know I've said too much. And I said, that's when I said to him, you're fine. I said, you're fine, brother. Uh, but he, he didn't really go down the track anymore. And I know that Peter knows this because we've talked about it many times. Okay. So that's the chamber that that was the function of the chamber in the pyramid and not just that pyramid, but the one at Giza for sure, because the, the capstone is missing. And they're going to talk about the capstone. Now, Peter is still here. Thank you, brother. And he just let me know he's still here. So, so the, the achievement of what, what everyone tries to find through meditation and are achieving through meditation, meditation, is you know they tell you find your happy place find that place and and you're to go to that place where and and that place that you're, they're teaching you to go to is that place in the violet range of your being which is above the thinking mind that's also part of the native american or any native not just american but indigenous to the world's teaching for dream walking which i was taught at a young age uh, over here in the United States when I was taught a lot of shamanistic ways, uh, which are also um, druidic ways, which they're the same. Their religion, their, their spirituality, not religion, but their spirituality is almost identical. It's interchangeable. Uh, I know that because of having the, the uh, druid title Merlin, which is just a priestly title. It doesn't mean that I'm, uh, I'm the pope or anything crazy. It just means I'm a minister, and I'm already, I'm a minister in the in the Catholic Church, and I'm a minister in uh, in the in the Christian Church, the Christian faith, uh, and I'm a Jedi Knight. Same same exact title, <laughs> same exact title, right? And I'm a and I'm a knight in the Catholic Roman Catholic Church, which is the same title. It makes me a a, a paladin, a warrior monk. Okay, so 
so that place is what they're referring to that is in that spot. And that's what Gary was referring to, but Gary wasn't sure. And he didn't uh, go after that. Okay. Uh, and Peter was, was starting to allude to that as well during that time. Uh, not, not only that, but there was more when he was talking about the, and, and I, I think if you look at the coordinates where the place in Iceland is now where they have, all of the seeds and you go that 16.8 miles away, I would almost wager, okay, I don't have any proof of this, but Peter will back me up on this because uh, he started to allude to that during the chat. We would almost wager from what we know that the Egyptians did the same thing, that the Egyptians, uh, along with the Atlanteans, did the same thing and chose the same place, Iceland, but they chose a spot that was about 16.8 miles away from where the current one is. Uh, and if you were able to, to go to those coordinates, which Gary was kind of onto, I believe that if they do some sort of ground penetrating radar, I think they're going to find that there is, in fact, a vault. And that was what Peter was alluding to. Uh, one of his uh, uh, things where he was saying that that but he did talk about the kings locking up the vault in the pyramids because they didn't want people to know what it was that the pyramids were trying to unlock. And that is true. That's a truism that Peter was telling you guys about during the show today. The same thing, the knowledge of that place is still there in that binary code when they figured out, when Gary figured out the binary code being, uh, being a, a longitude and latitude, uh, that it led him to Iceland, but it led him to a place that was, that was 16.8 miles away. And in the grand scheme of things in the world, um, land shift could say, well, then maybe that was what they were talking about was this place and people wouldn't even go looking uh, at the other place. But if one thing that we were taught by Stargate SG-1 is that if you calculate for um, for a stellar drift in calculations and you can do the same thing with our Earth because the mantle is sliding, uh, uh, moving, if you look at, for instance, the supervolcano that is in the United States, one of them, which is Yellowstone National Park, uh, and look at every time that it's blown that's has, that has shifted and moved. Okay. So, yes, uh, Miguel, if you guys have ever, uh, Mike says Iceland seems to be a cen uh, central to many things. Um, yes, I, I want to say. So, Julie said, hi, Leo, uh, friends just popping in to say hello. I have to, I'll have to watch this later. Julie, we love you. Watch this later and catch up. Uh, so, and it's okay that you have to do that. Well, uh, if you watch the television series in the year two, in 2004 of uh, Battlestar Galactica, the Cylons, they reversed the roles, and it's beautiful that they did this. The Cylons, who were a creation of the human race, revolted, uh, and they were coming back, and, and eventually, they, originally, they came back to destroy them, um, but they were evolving still and the more that they were being exposed to the human race the more they were becoming human because they were in fact becoming human they were the spark of god the numa and they were becoming so as time went on they were having more and more emotional problems and spiritual problems but one thing that was the the key in that was they said all of this happened before and all of this will happen again Okay, and to get back to what Reese said about worker bees and pollinating, and pollinating, all small life forms are the microcosm to the macrocosm. So the the bees and the ants are to us humans as we humans are to God. 
do you understand? We can destroy them or make them be prosperous at the snap of our fingers or the look of our eyes. They do what we're doing. We model our existence after the animals because they survive. So the worker bees do the job that our worker bees do, planting and cultivating and, and bringing food to the table. Do you understand? We humans choose that. We don't have people that are drones, but that's what they're trying to do. Okay. They're trying to get us to be drones uh, because they don't want us to think because then we don't, uh, we don't uh, rise our, our vibration. So, so getting back to Reese, when he said that I answered with, you were right on both points. So the, that we, that's the macrocosm or the microcosm to our macrocosm. And we are the microcosm to the macrocosm that is the universe. And the universe is the microcosm to the macrocosm that is the creator. So everything that is happening is, is cyclical and everything that did happen is happening over and over again, Mike, uh, to answer what Iceland seems to be the central uh, point. And if you listen to the, to the guys from uh, the movie or the books first, and then the movie Highlander in that movie Highlander, they were immortals and they fought all around the world. And eventually they all went to a distant land far away. And then none of them knew what that was for almost a thousand years. Then they found themselves in America. Not a coincidence that all of the wars were fought in the Middle East for thousands of years. And now the empire that is ruling that, that needs to be uh, reconciled and defeated, is based in the United States of America. And every all eyes in the world are kind of on the Middle East still because the legends tell us that's where the war is going to begin and end. Yet most of the decisions are being made and fought in the United States of America and where America goes, the other countries seem to follow. And I don't mean the, the government, I, but that happens, too, because the government is the same government. They're all the same. But where the people go in America still standing up. There's not very many countries in the world that have the autonomy that we have and that have our, their own weapons. Okay. So those countries that are still free are the ones that haven't given up their weapons and the ones who haven't given up their weapons refuse to be locked down during the, the pandemic. Right. I don't want to get too far into that algorithm, but that's playing the microcosm. That's playing the same cyclical nature. So everything that happened 5,000 years ago is happening again now. The difference is technology only, and the power base has shifted from where it was to where it is. But it's still the same people in charge. They're still trying to do the same thing. The same uh, dichotomy between good and evil is exactly the same yin and yang, and it's still playing out now. Do you see? So that's why when uh, the coordinates he popped up, I went, I'll bet you if you go there, you're going to find a vault there. A real vault, just like the one that's there now, uh, 16.8 miles away from the one that they found on the map. It's not, a, it's not a coincidence that High Brazil, High Brazil, as the Irish call it, not High Brazil, it's Tuesdays, the way uh, Peter typed it, High Brazil. Well, it doesn't matter. It's potato, potato, right? Tomato, tomato. But that was one of the coordinates, and that place doesn't exist. It's underwater now. That was the first coordinates that I read that were that were uh, found uh, and the message that he didn't talk about during the show. So I'm not going to talk about it because it might be something that he's going to talk about in the next show. He alluded to that. So there's still information that I know that Gary knows that Gary hasn't told to the world that I'm not going to be like these other guys and steal the knowledge that I know that that I, that I probably I didn't get it from Gary, but I probably got it from someone who got it from Gary. OK. 
because the information that I know came from the CIA. And the CIA steals everybody's shit. They're just like the Nazi SS. They steal everybody's shit. Okay. So they probably stole Gary's uh, uh, information because he told it to somebody and they took the information. When you consider that Gary was involved in the Rendlesham Forest case and wrote that book that that uh, Jim Penniston got credit for mostly, uh, he wrote that book. And, and Jim Penniston has been the one that's been interviewed by everybody. We interviewed him on Ancient Aliens Worldwide a year ago, just over a year ago. Uh, in fact, I think it was in June uh, a year ago. And he knows a lot, but he didn't know anything until he kept referring to me to go to Jim, uh, to go to Gary. Sorry about that. To go to Gary, to talk to Gary about that stuff. And I knew that eventually we would talk to Gary, and we did. We Obviously, we just had him on the show. So I haven't had a chance to tell Gary everything I know. I gave him a little bit of tidbit before and after the show. Uh, so he, you know, tickled his, his brain. Uh, but he knows a ton, a ton of stuff. I, I know that he knows it. Because if he knows, he knows more than I do, and I know stuff that I, I'm not telling anyone. And it's, I know that he knows that stuff as well because we, we uh, briefly touched on some of that off air. Okay. So everything that is happening is, is cyclical, and it, and it was, it did happen before, and it's going to happen again. So let me continue with the uh, raw and the law of one because now he's going to talk about the capstone. Uh, well, if not in this session, in the next one, the capstone and the energies of that, and then get into more uh, stuff that's pertinent to what Gary talked about as we go here. So let me go ahead and push it back over here and let's continue, okay? If you have any questions about the proper use of this mind, body, spirit, we would appreciate your asking them now. Question 2.6. Questioner, consider them asked. I don't have anything to go on. What is the proper use of this instrument? What should we do? What should we do to maximize her ability and her comfort? Answer, I am Ra. We are pleased that you asked this question for it is not our understanding that we have the right duty to share our perceptions on any subject but philosophy without direct question. However, this mind, body, spirit is not being correctly used and therefore is experiencing unnecessary distortions of body in the area of fatigue. The vibrations may well be purified by a simple turning to the circle of one and the verbal vibration while doing so of the following dialogue. Question. What is the law? Answer. The law is one. Question. Why are we here? Answer. We seek the law of one. Question. Why do we seek Ra? Answer. Ra is a humble messenger of the law of one. Both together, rejoice then and purify this place in the law of one. Let no thoughts form into the circle we have walked about this instrument, for the law is one. The instrument at this time should be in trance. The proper alignment is the head pointed 20 degrees north by northeast. This is the direction from which the newer or new age distortions of love light, which are less distorted, are emanating, and this instrument will find comfort therein. This is a sensitive instrument by which we mean the distortions which enter her mind, body, spirit complex come from any of her senses. Thus, it is well to do the following place at the entity's head a virgin chalice of water. To the center, the book most closely aligned with the instrument's mental distortions which are allied most closely with the law of one, that being the Bible that she touches most frequently. To the other side of the Bible, a small amount of sense or incense in a virgin censer. To the rear of the book symbolizing one, open to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, a white candle. 
the instrument will be strengthened by the wearing of the white robe, the instrument shall be covered and prone, the eyes covered. We feel that though this is a complex of activity circumstance and may seem very distorted from a purposeful teach learning experience, these elaborations on the technique of trance will ease the mind distortions of those about the instrument as they perceive improvement in the instrument's distortions with regard to fatigue. We add only that if these teach learning sessions are held during time space during which your sun body does not light your room that it is best to call the instrument before the lighting of the illuminatory mechanism. I am Ra. I leave you in the glory and the peace of the one creator. Rejoice in the love light and go forth in the power of the one creator. Enjoy, we leave you. Adonai. All right, well, I'm going to let that go to uh, start the next session, right? So we're going to go to session uh, three. That'll prompt itself here in a second. But I wanted to cover <clears throat> what Peter was talking about. If you guys are reading what he's saying in the chat there, right? So every seven years, right, this, this ship on High Brazil, right, you can see it running to the fog. He says, I see it out there, and it rises every seven years. And this is the seventh year. In the new year, he meant to say everything in that. Right, so... So that that's a very good possibility because it also coincides with uh, with you know the the three year activation and and everything that that entails with that being this year as well, right? So that's kind of crazy if you think about how that works out to this being the uh, the seventh year, and it happens to be the end of the three year uh, activation as well uh and that you're going to have different things that are going to be happening uh coming up so i'm i'm also looking at john right john chapter one they said to open the book to john chapter one and uh, john chapter one verse one starts out and it's entitled um the the word became flesh that's john chapter one and Ra just said open the bible to john chapter one and uh to have the the white candle and the incense burning uh with that on the altar behind her head uh along with the other uh uh, uh, uh you know accoutrements that they had right uh and then and then uh the, chapter two or or verse uh you know the, the second verse in john John 2 is is entitled John the Baptist denies being the Messiah. So uh, obviously there's there the uh, having the book opened to John chapter 1 just the first two verses or I, I would say the first two paragraphs uh, in in the book uh, uh, of John 1 literally the first literally being the word became flesh and then the second one uh, which starts at John 19 is John the Baptist denies being the Messiah. So just that alone right there, think about the what that means. And then John testifies about Jesus would be the next paragraph. And then John's disciples follow Jesus. Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel. Jesus changes water into wine is John 2. So 
Uh, there's a reason that the book was opened, obviously, to that because uh, that book was would be open to the introduction to the uh, Savior by John and the baptism of the Savior by John. And John then saying, I'm not the Savior. I'm not he. He who is who is not here comes or cometh, you know. And then Jesus showed up and then John baptizes Jesus and then John's followers follow Jesus. And Jesus at that point is venerated and risen to the to the to the uh, place of papacy, to piety, to papacy as the savior. And it was important that Ra say to open the Bible to that beginnings of the transformation of power that venerated and solidified Jesus as the the uh, hero, one of the heroes of a thousand faces, the hero character or the uh, champion character or the savior of uh, the human race. So I wanted to make sure that you guys understood or understood why that particular book opened to John 1. Uh, what did that mean? Why? Well, that's just John 1 right there. I just gave you the, the names of the paragraphs. Uh, that so the content of everything in John chapter one is that going to John chapter two, which is Jesus changes water into wine, and that's that's John two, and then Jesus clears the temple and courts. So once Jesus uh, has become, so it's about becoming. It's about being. Do you understand? It's about raising the vibration of the personage to the Savior. That is what our shadow work is about. This is this is what was missed. I missed this the first time, and I don't know anyone who's read the Law of One who have been talking about this, who actually broke that down that way. Everyone's afraid of Christianity these days. So they're afraid to say something about the Christian Bible because all these other religions will hate me and start saying, you're just Christian trying to make everything Christian. I didn't do that raw. Did that and said to open the Bible to John 1. So the reason for John 1 is that that is when the story is told that that takes Jesus, who was already the Savior, but then solidifies. So Jesus at that point has to do the shadow work. That's what he's doing his whole life up to that point. He's doing the shadow work. And that's when he disappears and he comes back and he's now uh, no one knows who he is. So he has to be brought forth and presented to the people. So then he goes to his cousin because John was, in fact, his cousin, second cousin. And his second cousin is there telling the world that he who is the Savior is coming. And then he finds John, and John baptizes him, and then, uh, then his followers follow Jesus. So that's Jesus becoming, going, that's the proverbial, what, what Jesus' life, if you're Catholic, during the Beatitudes, Jesus going through all of the tribulations of his life to the crucifixion and the resurrection. This solidifies his, his beginning to his path. This is the moment when he takes on the role of the Savior in the eyes of the people. And from that point, there is no going back. Before that, Jesus could have opted out and said, I don't want to do this, man. No way, man. I'm out of here, man. But he didn't. Right? So that's why it was important that, that and John's important. John, if you look at all of the paintings of John everywhere, John was being pointing, be upright. John and the people depicting John understood, understood the plight of the human race, of the Terrans being off kilter, and 
and and what Jesus was trying to teach of getting back on path. So was Moses. So was Mohammed. So was many other people throughout history trying to teach that we were off our rocker, out of our minds, out of our souls. We're off. Something's wrong with the human race. We are not right. And, and the planet isn't right because we're not right. You and the land are one. Do you guys remember Arthur and the story of, of King Arthur and the, and the sword? What was, this, what was the secret of the grail? Do you, do you guys remember that? I do. Okay, so when Percival, who was the only knight that was loyal, kind of like, uh, kind of like uh, um, Judas, Judas had to be talked into. If you read the book of Judas, the scrolls of Judas, Judas was talked into um, turning Jesus in. And Jesus said, you were the only person who was truly loyal to me and will do this. Everyone else won't. They're all going to deny me. And then he tells them that. You'll deny me three times before the cock crows. So, so Percival is the only knight, youngest of the knights, by the way, who got knighted uh, because he was the squire of Lancelot. And Lancelot was nowhere around and someone needed to defend him. So Arthur uh, knighted the 14-year-old boy. I think he was even younger than that. He might have been 14. Uh, knighted him from a squire to a knight. That was Percival. Percival turned out to be the most loyal to Arthur, and he found the grail, and he knew the secret of the grail. And he, they, do you know what the grail is and who do you serve? And he said that I, the grail is, is uh, Arthur, and I serve the grail as I serve Arthur. And he said, what is the secret of the grail? He had to tell the, the, the it was actually Arthur, but it was supposed to be the god the gods or god goddess as one and he said you and the land are one because the guise of arthur was uh talking to him booming from the heavens and he said you and the land are one as you flourish so does the land so when he took the grail he reappeared in front of in front of uh arthur who was distraught and lost his moxie and had aged dramatically looked like he was 50 years older than he was after his sister had sex with him and stole his seed and made his son 20 years later the whole time he was getting worse and weaker and dying but he couldn't die it was like an immortal death that was the dark night of the soul and he was sinking into the darkest days of his soul and he was rejuvenated by the blood of christ by the faith in himself, not the blood of Christ. Even though the chalice was the and the grail was the blood of Christ, it wasn't that he had to swear allegiance to Jesus. He had to become. He had to follow Jesus's path and Jesus's uh, example. Jesus said, "The way to heaven is through me." Not. Not And everyone thinks that immediately that's, I have to be a Christian or I'm not going to heaven. That's not what Jesus meant at all. Jesus was saying the way, the Tao Te Chi, the book of the way. The way to heaven is through me, meaning his teachings. Not following him and becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ and saying Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord and Savior and I love Jesus Christ. And because of that, I'm going to heaven. Not at all. That's what they would have you believe so that you don't realize what Jesus was teaching, which is what the Buddha was teaching, which is the Tao Te Chi, 
which is the, the you know the everything that is all, in all the religions, the hero with a thousand faces. That you, Jung, Carl Jung was saying the same thing. You need to do the work and become the pneuma, the spark of God, being. And how do you do that? That's that that meditation, that spirituality of rising your yourself to the spirit place, the, the place of the the creator, the co-creator, the experiencer outside and above the reach of the mind, above the reach of the ego. And in the pyramid that Ra's referring to, that chamber at the top of the pyramid is that position. And we don't need that anymore because people like me understand, understand exactly what I'm saying to you now. And I'm not the only one, obviously. There's people way ahead of me. Look at look at, at Lao Chi in 604 BCE, 604 years before Jesus was born, was telling exactly what I'm telling now. The Buddha at the exact same time in 602 to 607 BCE in the same country of China was saying the exact same thing. 604 to 10 years prior to Jesus Christ's birth, two men in central China were telling the exact same story. And that's just those two men and that in those places. There's people before that one earlier when I said Marduk, going back to Mesopotamia more than 10,000 years ago. The scrolls of Marduk will tell you the same story. Okay, so it's not just this Jesus character, and that's why people get annoyed when, well, you must be a Christian, and obviously, therefore, you're going to slant everything towards Christianity. No, Christianity is trying to slant you towards all of those that came prior, because it was the same soul, the soul of the Creator, coming through to tell us the way. And when Ra got here, they were trying to show us the way they knew, the law of one which is that there is only one true God, God-esque God, in the universe that is the creator of the universe. And we are part of that creation and a co-creator of that. And we, to right ourselves, we must go through this death and rebirth, not physically, but spiritually. We must hit that rock bottom, which I, we as a species have already done, and then rise ourselves up to a place where we are above the thinking mind's reach and the ego's reach and venerate ourselves and keep ourselves there. We are becoming with the zero point through the zero point. The way to heaven is through the middle, through the center. That's the zero point. So the way to heaven, the way to God, the way to salvation of your immortal soul is to wake up your soul, find that place within you, which is even outside of your body. It is in that chakra point, which is the purple of the rainbow, which exists above and outside of this corporal construct. And this is what John is teaching in that book of John, showing you the parable of Jesus and venerating him to the stature of that of that chakra point, of that energy, of the divine, right? Lisa said divine is within temple, is within, right? The, the divine is within. Temple is within. As above, so below. Actually, that's wrong. That part, Lisa, I want to correct you on. The as above, so below part was the corruption. 
it's as below, so above. And in all the atonements, you'll see that even Jesus said that um, in Matthew. I don't have it. Uh, I'll have to find it again. Uh, but in there, God says, what you sow upon the earth, I shall too sow in heaven. As below, so above. So there is not this, this, uh, this above us that is in charge of us and dictating to us. It is us who are the co-creators. So God has given us that power. That's an immortal ability. That's also in the, in the Dead Sea Scrolls. That the human race, when we were created, we were created with an incorruptible ability. And in, in, in that genre, 5,000 years ago when the scrolls were written, to have an incorruptible ability, Jesus in the scrolls of truth, the book of truth, Jesus asked to have an incorruptible ability, to be made incorruptible. That means to be immortal, to have the ability of immortality. So we were created with an incorruptible ability, the human race. That tells us that part of us is immortal and is forever and cannot be corrupted because we are immortal and we are part of the creator, not just a creation of. Okay, so so that as above, uh, so below is wrong. As within, so without is correct. So as without, so within, no. As above, uh, so below, no. The true way of saying that, which has been corrupted by the by evil in the churches, is as within, so without. As below, so above. And that's written in the Christian Bible itself, but it's also in the Talmud. It's also in the, the Hebrew Bible. It's also in the scrolls. I just talked about that, that were taken out of the Christian Bible or the Hebrew Bible that became the Christian Bible eventually when they combined what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament together. So they corrupted that to keep us from knowing the real truth. So because the the, the incantation or the, the connotation of as above, so below says, I'm not in charge. There's someone above me. It's the caste system that they set up everywhere. The church is set up with a caste system with a pope, uh, and every religion has their version. Uh, that's business. That's company, corporation, uh, military, politics, government. All of that is the caste system. God didn't create the caste system. God didn't say, I am, except for during the Ten Commandments, which is, is a lie. The Ten Commandments were not given to Moses by the creator of the universe. That was given by, and this is in the law of one, that was given by the uh, Orion uh, Crusaders who tried to corrupt that religion by, say, by pretending they were God. If you watched the movie um, uh, with, uh, um, oh, I can't think of his name right now, Christian Bale, where he plays Moses, that's very telling because because God comes to Moses as a little boy who's about eight years old, seven or eight years old. They did the same thing. Uh, the com the comedians doing Eric the Viking did the same thing where the gods, when they went to Valhalla to wake the gods, they were all children. They were all uh, six and seven year old uh, boys and girls. Uh, and uh, so Thor and Odin were both children. And so they did the same thing in that movie where God was a child. And in that movie, God is full of ego, full of ego. God, the true creator of the universe, would have no ego. The creator of the universe is so far above the ego, that would be like saying that I have the spirituality of an ant. That's akin to what they were saying in that story. And they were doing that on purpose, trying to show you the folly of that, whoever wrote that movie understood the law of one. 
So there's a scene in there where Moses says to God, I think we're being too hard on Ramses. We need to stop. And God throws a temper tantrum and says, no, I will watch him. I will punish him and watch him suffer. That's not the, the all-caring, all-knowing, all-loving God of the universe. Why would he be vindictive and full of ego and have to punish a mere mortal for being immortal? When Jesus himself, when died on the cross, he said he knew as a human being, Jesus said, God forgive them for they know not what they do. Okay? So, so, and then uh, Jeanette, I think that's how you say her name, right? Jeanette, not Janet. It's Jeanette. She says, real Viking here, because she is, she's a real Viking. She said, but ego doesn't exist here. The, 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 I think that the Viking people, I'm part Viking, but Southern Viking, and I grew up in America, but I'm very Viking. Uh, and I, and I agree with the, the whole entire ideology. Uh, um, my favorite band, as a matter of fact, is I'm on a Martha and they just sing about Viking everything, right? Um, even though when you ask uh, uh, Johan Haig, he says that he's, uh, well, I'm, I'm not really a follower of the Bohemian religion. I just like their way of life, which I think he's saying that because he doesn't want to uh, uh, distance or piss anybody off. But I agree with you. And that's the reason why everyone's afraid of, afraid of that entire north of this planet. They don't want to wake you guys up and piss you off. Everyone knows that. They just won't admit it. Because you guys are very objectively thinking, not subjectively. Quickly, you guys become very unegoic. You become very objective. Look at the people of Iceland and how they overthrew their government and got rid of them and murdered. Well, they didn't murder. They executed the nefariousness that was in charge of their government. When was that? 2017, 2018, 2019, whatever that was. That's because the government woke them up and pissed them off. And they were like, yeah, these people need to fucking go, man. Right? So welcome, Erica. Erica Gibbs said, newbie here. Welcome. And right, yeah, many are, sadly. So so there, there's a very good po uh, portion in population uh, that is non-egoic, that is very optimistic and very objective in your reasoning. And it, like here in America, they try to make it completely the opposite. They want to make you subjective so that you are a subject. Thank you, Erica, for sharing this out. And so it's so the, the only reason why I got on, on this tyrant again was because uh, Raw was explaining to open the Bible to John, the first chapter of John. And I wanted to go down that road and to kind of explain what that why that would be something that needs to be told right here. Right. So these are the, some of the things that the first time around I didn't catch. And I just I blew past. I didn't even look up why John. And I just blew past that. I wasn't ready for it, obviously. That was five years ago. Uh, compared to now. So I'm going to go ahead and continue now. We're starting the second uh, or third session. So it's session three, right? Let me go back over here in full screen so I can read this because it's too small on the screen. Session three took care, uh, took place January 21st, 1981. This is the law of one by raw, humble messenger of the law of one. Let me go ahead and continue that. If you have questions, I am monitoring the chat. So please speak up and ask them. I will pause. I am the producer, director, and owner of this show. So if we have to take uh, another two years and 10 months, that's what it took me the first time, to get through all 106 sessions every Friday night, we'll do that because it is worth it. And you guys can go back in my archives. You can't do it on YouTube anymore because I got deplatformed and they deleted all 700 of my shows off of YouTube. 
Uh, so now I'm not, I'm alive there, but I don't put as much stuff up on YouTube as I did before. Uh, so you'll have to go to Orion rising, the, the, uh, group, uh, or the page and not the group, but the page on uh, Facebook, because I own the page and the group of Orion rising, but, uh, the archive is there. Uh, and you can go back and watch, uh, me doing and listen to me doing the law of one, uh, there, if you'd like, which is the same videos that I'm playing now, but it'll be a different commentation from me doing the commentary because I'm uh, a far different person now spiritually than I was seven years ago and in five or in five years ago. And in five years, I'll probably, like I said earlier on, I'll probably do, do this again <laughs> and redo a lot of one. It is literally like everything else. It is speaking to us uh, by many different uh, levels of vibration. Jesus did the same thing. So did Muhammad. So did all of the the best speakers of the world, they understood parables. And I do that. And people say, you know, you ramble. No, no, no. I speak in parables. And I get to, and I'll, I'll round back to the point. If you wait long enough and I don't scare you off, you'll see that what I'm doing uh, actually is pertaining. And as we go forward right here, you're going to see that everything I just said is going to pertain to what's uh, going on here. And most of the time I get way ahead of myself. And that's what I'm doing here, I'm sure, right? As usual. Okay, so let me continue here. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. I communicate with you now. Question 3.1. Questioner, my first question is, did we correctly perform the ritual for starting the communication? Answer, I am Ra. The placement of the artifacts designed to balance the instrument should be placed at the instrument's head for the least distortion of effect. The remainder of the beginning account of purpose is quite acceptable for those speaking desire to serve. Otherwise, the attendant emphasis in mind complexities will not have been affected properly. We caution you to guard against those who are not wishing to serve others above all else from taking part in the beginning. I, I wanted to point out, uh, first of all, Erica, I'll bet, I mean, usually people who show up here, the, the, everything about what's going on, you go, wow, uh, this is like resonating with me. And that's because you're supposed to be here. Lisa, um, I wanted to address uh, you because you said I don't get your page uh, as often been subject to censorship also um you can listen to everything that we do here without the visuals after i do this which is the mp4 file uh of the podcast which is uh live on facebook and youtube um, i convert this to an mp3 file and it goes out to the world and anywhere that you listen to uh any podcast uh orion rising is on there you can look up my name orion rising and then my name uh, and I am I'm on there on all the platforms, uh, every single one you can imagine. And if you are listening to an application that is a podcast you listen to and it's not doesn't have my uh, show there, you can go to uh, Orion Rising, all one word, O-R-I-O-N, just like you see on the on the screen, uh, Rising, R-I-S-I-N-G, dot Podbean, P-O-D as in David, B-E-A-N as in Nancy, dot com. And that'll take you to my show on that platform and on there when you go to, to the podcast is the rss number you can copy that rss number right there for free go back to your application open it up and you can apply that to your application and the company that makes your app doesn't want you leaving to go to a different application to listen to my podcast so they will play my podcast every time i post a podcast you'll have everything there the second that they accept the rss number all the shows uh in my history all three uh, almost 400 shows that i have up there for you to listen to 
will be available for you to listen to. And every show when I go live will be available for you to listen to. So if you can't catch me on Facebook or you can't catch me on YouTube or you don't want to watch a video and you just want to listen, you can listen to me on any platform. My, my uh, MP3 file, my podcast is listened to in over 60 countries. Okay. Not around the world. So it's on whatever platform you listen to and have. Uh, and if you're in America, all the popular platforms, right? Like, uh, like, you know, whatever the, the, um, uh, whatever the, 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 the biggest ones are, I'm on there. I'm on iTunes. I'm on iHeartRadio. I'm on all of the big ones here. You just have to look it up. So if you can't catch me on and, and you're not sure and you want to catch me while you're driving, listen, watching TV, uh, cooking dinner, and you don't want to have to look at a video, that's perfect, right? So you can go there and listen to me anytime that you want. And that's more popular than this stuff is. So if you are being censored and you can't get on to Facebook or whatever, they have never censored me around the world on my mp3 broadcast you just can't see the words on the screen in any visuals that i show you okay so all right let me continue here find the spirit complex to any session as we should then be unable to properly blend our distortions with those of this instrument question 3.2 questioner should i move the bible candle and incense at this time Answer, I am Ra. This would be appropriate. Question 3.3. Questioner, after moving the items, is this the proper position? Answer, I am Ra. Please correct the angle of the incense so that it is perpendicular to the plane of 20 degrees north by northeast. Question 3.4. Questioner, after making the correction, is this satisfactory? Ra, please check your eye to make fine correction. We will explain the process by which this becomes a significant distortion balancer. The incense acts as an urgeza to the physical body of this instrument, signifying its humanity. This is, therefore, a necessity that the wafted smoke is perceived from the same relative angle as the instrument perceives the open Bible balanced by the lighted candle signifying love slash light and light slash love and, therefore, give the mental and emotional, shall we call it, distortion complex of this instrument the sight of paradise and peace which it seeks thus energized from the lower to the higher the instrument becomes balanced and does not grow fatigued we appreciate your concern for this will enable our teach slash learning to proceed more easily question 3.5 questioner does it appear correctly aligned now ra i judge it within limits of acceptability question 3.6 Questioner, at the last session we hear two questions that we were saving for this session, one having to do with the possible capstone on top of the Great Pyramid at Giza, the other having to do with how you move the heavy blocks that make up the pyramid. I know these questions are of no importance with respect to the law of one, but it was my judgment, and please correct me if I am wrong, and make the necessary suggestions, that this will provide an easy entry for those who would read the material that will eventually become a book. We are very grateful for your contact and will certainly take any suggestions as to how we should receive this information. Answer, I am Ra. I will not suggest the proper series of questions. This is your prerogative as free agent of the law of one having learned understood that our social memory complex cannot effectually discern the distortions of the societal mind, body, spirit complex of your peoples. We wish now to fulfill our teach slash learning honor slash responsibility by answering what is asked. 
This only will suffice, for we cannot plumb the depths of the distortion complexes which infect your peoples. The first question, therefore, is the capstone. We iterate the unimportance of this type of data. The so-called Great Pyramid had two capstones. One was of our design and was of smaller and carefully contrived pieces of the material upon your planet which you call granite. This was contrived for crystalline properties and for the proper flow of your atmosphere via a type of what you would call chimney. At a time when we as a people had left your density, the original was taken away and a more precious one substituted. It consisted, in part, of a golden material. This did not change the properties of the pyramid, as you call it, at all, and was at I wanted to point out here that raw, they said, and I say they, because if you're new here, raw is an entire species speaking as one, like the hive mind of the Borg in Star Trek. If you don't know what that is, they're, they're literally a species of, uh, of uh, a race of people that is a, an entire hive mind complex speaking as one, and they call themselves raw. Raw said here, when we left your density, not when we left your reality. Okay, so that's that's the difference or the misnomer of 3D reality, 4D and 5D. When people talk about that, 3D is two things that are being referred to in 3D. 3D being third density, which is what Raw is talking about. That's a spiritual uh, vibration, and it's the physical of your spirit not your physical body your physical body is in the third dimension so that's the difference between a dimension a dimension is a place a reality and a density is your spirituality and your spiritual consciousness and how dense the spiritual consciousness is do you see so this body is a construct that we think we occupy we don't really occupy this body our consciousness is perceiving that it is occupying this body and our mind, which is a construct, and our ego, which is also a construct. The ego is designed to try and keep us stranded here in this body, keeping us believing that this is reality and that this is the body that is us. And that when this body dies, we're done. And that's just a lie because your soul, remember what I just said a minute ago, there's a part of us that is uncorruptible that means forever that means immortal our soul is immortal so when this body dies you don't and i just had this conversation where somebody was talking about the human mind and i said so when a human dies where is all the thoughts that were the personality and if it's in the brain itself this this mass in my skull why is it that nobody can can access it with all the technology we have to prove that? And why is it that when a human being dies, or anything for that matter, but especially a human being, that there's a certain amount of weight that the human being uh, sheds? It's not your heart and your blood and your oxygen in your veins or anything else. Okay, Your body becomes lighter by a few ounces because your soul, the density of your soul is not completely light being you do have a little bit of a dense soul hence third density as you vibrate at a higher rate uh, and you or a higher plane higher octave fourth density fifth sixth seventh you then have less and less of a dense soul and more and more of a light energy body 
That's what Jeanette said. Exactly. Energy. <laughs> right? Uh, thank you, Erica. said, I love this kind of teaching. Well, laugh out loud. It sure is better than the, the world school, right, and teachings. That's the point. That was what Jesus was trying to teach. That was what was Mohammed was trying to teach. Everyone in history, uh, these, the, these people the, throughout time, including Martin Luther King Jr., including Mahatma Gandhi, these days including the Dalai Lama, including Stephen Biko. I'm not going to get involved in that, but Stephen Biko was the guy who was in charge. Uh, he was murdered in a cell like Jeffrey Epstein, hung himself uh, in his cell because two inept guards fell asleep and the cameras didn't work. There weren't cameras in the cells in them, but it was in South Africa. Stephen Biko's right-hand man was Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela picked up the reins that Stephen Biko was who the guy who was in charge, who would have became the president, but he was murdered. I'm sorry, <laughs> quote unquote, hung himself in his in his cell. Uh, then Nelson Mandela, when he got out of prison, eventually, which I helped get him out, I was one of the people that signed the petition to put um, pressure on the American government, to put pressure on the South African government to end apartheid, myself and millions of other people across the world. Uh, put pressure on our governments to put pressure on the uh, South uh, this the South African government, which eventually they freed Nelson Mandela and he became the president. And they freed they got rid of apartheid. So, all of these people throughout time, Jesus going going back even further to uh, Marduk, the Book of the Way. Uh, if you guys know um, uh, Joseph Campbell, if you don't, you should look up Joseph Campbell. He wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And he was on to the ideology from reading all the scrolls from the creation story. Uh, Jeanette talked about Vikings. Uh, Thor, uh, in that pantheon of Vikings, was the savior character or the hero character. Uh, and he did exactly what Marduk did. He did exactly what Jesus did. Thor uh, was the god who eventually was championing the humans in Midgard, which is here on Earth. And uh, he had to fight the dragon of the North Sea. Jesus had to fight the serpent in the garden. The serpent was is the dragon. Marduk, going back 5,000 years or more to the Mesopotamia, Marduk fought the dragon who is Tiamat. So the hero always fights a dragon, which and, and what is a dragon but a giant serpent? So the hero always fights the serpent or the dragon in every pantheon worldwide. And the same thing happens to us. We have to fight that which is the our arch enemy, which is within us. That's the dichotomy between, you know, Batman and the Joker. Batman is the Jesus character, the savior character, the righteous one who's standing upright, zero point, and will not murder and kill. And his opposition, his opposite, is the Joker. And that's why when they corrupted uh, the um, story that is the Matrix, they turned uh, Mr. Smith into the evil who was the devil because the AI God, they've changed and want to make the AI God the holy God of the universe. And that's what they did in the, in the uh, second to the last movie. Not uh, Resurrections, but the one before that. I didn't see Resurrections yet, but the one before that, uh, where they turned the evil, they turned Mr. Smith into the evil Satan. And Neo became Jesus. He became the Savior. He was the Savior from the beginning. In fact, Neo means, it's, it's an offshoot from the word Dio, and the word Dio, like Ronnie James Dio, means God, one who is like God or one who is God. Neo means one who is God, one who is the Savior. So they, that's why they named the character Neo. Neo means God. So, And he was outside of reality. 
and right he broke out of reality and he became outside of reality and he lived there and then he championed the the human race so they corrupted that storyline they stole the movie from the script from the original man who wrote the script and uh, corrupted you can see these uh, online you can find the whole uh, uh thing where this guy talks and tells you the whole story uh, and then they changed the AI God, which was the devil. The devil was called the devil and Lucifer until computers were created. And then now the new morphing of the devil has now went from Satan to, to the devil or from the devil to Satan or from the devil to Lucifer and now has become the AI God, right? So now the new devil is the AI God. And that was what, the, uh, what they morphed the devil into or tried to morph that devil in the Matrix movies into the most beautiful thing. That Neo ever saw, right? So that's all a bunch of crap. <laughs> so, so, but yes, uh, Erica, yeah, if you stay tuned because I'm teaching you what Jesus was teaching, only I'm doing it from a perspective of 2,000 years into the future from Jesus. I'm not saying that I am Jesus and I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. I don't believe that I am a savior or the savior. Uh, in any way, okay? And I'm not going to sacrifice myself for, for the sins. I believe that all of us are supposed to follow what Jesus' example was. And he's trying to tell us the same thing that was told in 604 BCE, which we don't say BC because BC means before Christ, in the AD meaning Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord, but they changed that to mean AD meaning, uh, 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 to, you know, in the, you know, the common era, so they call it now. Uh, so so they they don't. It doesn't mean after death, like what everybody thinks it means. Anno Domini. That's what A.D. means, and Anno Domini means in the year of our Lord. B.C. was before Christ. Now it's B.C.E., which means before Common Era. And 604 uh, B.C.E. Lao Chi had the the Tao Te Ching wrote the Tao Te Ching, which means the Book of the Way, translated from Chinese Chinese to English, the Book of the Way. And in that, he's preaching the same thing that Jesus preached, the same thing Muhammad preached, the same thing that Marduk preached, the same thing that uh, Thor preaches, the same thing that all those heroes with a thousand faces are preaching to you, and that's what I'm preaching to you. So what I'm saying to you is enlightening you to what I've learned from all of these ascended masters. Uh, in my name, by the way, is Leonard Edward O'Neill, and that translates to Leonard means Lionheart, okay? Edward means guardian, protector, and O'Neill is son of Neil, and Neil means champion. So literally, my name is a title that is Lionheart, champion, or Lionheart, protector, champion of the people. So my name is literally a title. Uh, and I was baptized uh, after St. Leo. Uh, and St. Leo is the guardian angel or the guardian saint of the spoken word and messages. Right? He's, he's the human version of Gabriel, who was the, who was the or Michael, who was the, the saint, and, uh, patron saint, the archangel who defended the human race. Right? <laughs> so... I'm telling you all the same knowledge and trying to give you the tools. And if it resonates with you, please uh, stay with us uh, and uh, you will learn uh, what I know. And as I evolve, I give you more. And as you evolve, you give me more. That's why it's called learn, teach, teach, learn. And you'll hear that a lot from the law of one. Uh, and that, that you don't teach. If you're teaching and you're not learning while you're teaching, you're not doing it right. So you're teach learning while you're learn teaching. Uh, that's being in service to others. If I'm in service to self, then I think I have something above you and more than you, and I'm teaching you something you don't already have, and that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to remind you 
right? Yeah, and my and Mike <laughs> and Miguel is named after Archangel Michael, <laughs> right? Literally. <laughs> and Michael means one who is like God. It means like Dio or Neo. Michael means he who is like God. That is the truth of that's what that means in in uh, Yiddish. So the the word that was uh, that was it was a Mikhail in the Yiddish, the, the Hebrew language, uh, means Michael, and that means one who is like God. So Mike was literally, Miguel means, it's the, the Brazilian word for Mikael, which is the, the Yiddish word for he who is like God. <laughs> and he's also uh, a minister and, and a friend of mine. We talk all the time. In fact, he and I, on Wednesdays, have a show that we do called uh, Skull Island. Uh, he and I and, and uh, Aaron Fowler and Aaron's wife, uh, uh, Norma, we do a, a, a show where we come at you from no uh, uh, no uh, uh, ownership of country. We don't claim a, a political party. We don't claim a, a nationality. We, we are pirates. That's why it's called Skull Island. We are pirates in the ocean of spirituality. And we are there to, yes, balance, 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 right? I love that. And I love that you have the yin and the yang there because that that is exactly what's what is going on here. Right. So much confusion. Right. Yeah. We had to go through it to make it here. Right. You're, you're on to it. A lot of things in my in my past. I did not believe this is what Erica is saying. Or, and I'm, I'm going to put it up on the screen. I'm reading it for those of you who are on the MP3 file. You don't get to see on the screen what what she's saying there. Right. She said, I don't believe that I just didn't feel right about a lot of things that's like neo's plight in the movie right the matrix he knew that something's wrong we all know instinctively that there's something wrong with this world that's not right well we just if you watch the show earlier today on ancient aliens worldwide or here on orion rising with gary uh, osborne you'll see that the earth is tilted at 23.3 degrees and that that means we're off our axis we're off our rockers we're not set we're not upright do you understand so uh, what happens is, right, she says, I feel, uh, you know, I, I didn't feel right about a lot of things. I never felt right about going to school, never felt right about churches, etc. And see, I was uh, uh, raised uh, uh, Druid underground and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, over covertly and then overtly raised Catholic, knighted by the by the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, and uh, I agree with you. I left the church because I didn't agree with the, the doctrine. I don't, I don't agree with churches as a uh, as an industry because they're there to corrupt and you can go to church and be completely oblivious you know socrates said it ignorance is bliss the truth is if you have no idea what's going on with the church you'll go there for just the spirituality and you'll find your way to god you'll find your way back to the one and you won't and as long as you don't get and look too hard if you look too hard then you start to see what's really happening that changes your consciousness and then you have to do something about it right yeah, Erica said I was raised a, a little bit of the time in the traditions, right? The Trinidad in Trinidad and Roman Catholic churches too, right? So you know you're a recovering Catholic like me, right? <laughs> right? So the difference between all religions is only the semantics of the religion, meaning only the way in which you, the church itself tells you you must worship or venerate or 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 uh, learn from. The, the deity, do you see? So the difference between Hebrewism uh, or the or you know the Judaism and Christianity is that the Hebrews are the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, the Talmud, 
and they don't believe that Jesus is a thing. They believe Jesus was a construct of Romans to control the masses. Uh, whether or not that's true uh, is inconsequential to the message, inconsequential to the message that is uh, the Jesus character, because even if they constructed Jesus and Jesus is a construct and there is no Jesus and never was a Jesus, everything about Jesus's construct is identical to all of the other constructs. Uh, that, that means that there is no truth and all of the scrolls must be alive from everything on the face of the earth everywhere because they're all the same. That's what I gathered. And that's what uh, uh, people like, uh, uh, like I, we, you know, I talked about just a minute ago, The Hero of a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell realized from reading all the scrolls that they were telling the same story. The Law of One is telling the same story as well. Everything that I've gathered, if you want, go back in the archives and you watch, I did. I spent 28 uh, weeks talking about what didn't happen, according to the American government, an interview that but, but was got from, stolen from the American government, of an alien entity that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, in a spaceship and survived, and she was being interrogated and had an interview through telepathy that she was giving to this nurse uh, that didn't happen, according to the federal government, that never existed, yet it does. Um, that that alien, in fact, is telling the same story that the Law of One is telling, the same story that Jesus told, the same story that Marduk told, the, the same story that that uh, uh, Thor is telling and, that, and the, the, the Viking uh, creation story is the same. All of these stories are the same. So they are all either completely invented and all of this is a bunch of hooey, which if that's the case, then why these people that didn't learn Christianity and Western philosophical thought like the Buddha and the and uh, Lao Chi, just those two men in China at the same time, also came up with the same ideology that these other guys were pushing. If it was all just a construct. So am I supposed to believe that evil people throughout time have recreated the exact same story over and over to give people hope and then tried to ban those stories to prove those stories were real so that people would hide them away? And then they tried to burn all the stories to hide all of the stories just as a as a fake out so that we all would think, to be, well, well, that must be true then because they're trying to destroy that. If that's the case, then why is it that they tried to burn these stories and yet we still found them? And why is it that the stories that are being told to these prophets by, by God, they were told, you don't get to understand this. You can, this is written down. You have to have locked this up in your memory, but write this down. This will not be understood until a thousand years from now, a long time in the future, a generation of people who will be living on this planet will understand what is being said here. And now we're starting to understand, and we are understanding those things that are being told in every single Talmud. So is that something that was created? What did they accidentally create something that we were going to figure out? Well, why would that be? Was that the double blind, triple blind, quadruple blind method where they're going to make sure that everyone on every four corners of all of the universe, all these stories that you're pretending to try and kill, make it. And in that, there's the same exact storyline that's slightly changed differently depending on who you're trying to sell it to. I'm not buying all of that. Okay. We are in the world, not of it. We are the world, not of it. That's what Michael Jackson sang that song, right? We are the world. We are the children. They were more awake, awake, not woke, more awake than people give them credit for. Okay. So so we're so we're not in the world. We are the world. In being in the world suggests, Mike, that we are a construct that is living in this world. 
right? Biblical, yes. Okay, I agree with you. Biblically, he said, biblically, Leo. Okay, yes. Yes. So we're we're so we're yes, we're in the world in that in that sense. Yes, absolutely. So they're trying to take this information from us. What is the information? That goes back to the Garden of Eden. What is the information that they're trying to take from us? Right? You're not supposed to eat from the tree of, of knowledge. Right? So yeah, Jesus told us not to follow the ways of this world. Because we're not of this world, we're in this world. We are the world. So that's what Mike meant, and I realize that now what he meant. We are we're not not that we're living on the world or in the world. We are in the world, literally, because we are a construct. We are creating this world, this reality. That's what Mike was referring to there. And I missed until he said that, until he said biblical, <laughs> then I realized what he meant. So, so we are constructing this world because we have an incorruptible ability. That's that's something that is immortal. And that part of us is the creation. So we are the creator, a co-creator. We're a piece of the creator. Very first thing, and go back if you didn't hear the very first session of the Law of One, the very beginning of the first session of Law of One, Ra says about thought, talking about thought, and says, imagine that you're a thought. You're not in this three-dimensional reality. You're not a part of it. You're a thought. In, of the creation that is dancing on a stage that is this third dimensional reality. Okay? And if you watch the beginning of my show and watch the, the visuals that I play during my music, during the song, you'll see that there's one slide that comes up that shows you a radi radial image of the human brain cell. On the left-hand side of your screen and on the right-hand side of your screen, there's a, a radial image of the universe, of our universe, and it is identical to our brain cell, except it has a bazillion more pathways in ganglia cells. Because the creation, the universal mind, is that much more complex to our little teeny micro mind, to the macro mind. Do you understand? That is where, where we reside. We reside within the thought of the creator in the mind of the creator. Like when you're daydreaming and you make up a scenario, that becomes a reality in some place because you have it in your mind. And you can go back because you remember what you were doing in that daydream. And you can go back and create that daydream even longer. Or when you go to sleep and actually do dream, you are creating a reality that is so real to you that sometimes, and most of the time, you think it is this one. And there is no difference in your mind until something happens in there that snaps you too, and you go, wait, this isn't the reality I think it is. This is something else. And as soon as that happens, because you're the creator of that reality, as soon as you have the realization that that is not real, that it is a construct of your mind, it ends. That is the microcosm to the macrocosm that is this reality. As soon as you wake up to the reality that you are in charge and creating this reality, this reality ends for you. You can graduate when you want to. You can wake up when you want to. But you first have to realize that you are a co-creator 
and that this reality isn't running its course without your direction. It is not running its course against your direction. That is the journey of the human soul in this 3D reality and density, third dimensional place and third density place. Your job here is to heal yourself and to raise your vibration and awareness and spirituality back to the place of knowing, back to the place of the tree of knowledge, of knowing what the tree of knowledge gives you. The tree of knowledge is the tree of life. There is no difference. Have you ever noticed that no one has ever drawn the tree of knowledge? Why? Because they draw to you the tree of life. And what is the tree of life? But knowledge of the universe. It is one and the same. Do you see? Right. Technically, Mike says, technically it was do not eat the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, which means we may learn evil things, but getting getting uh, 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 benefits from evil is bad, lying and getting away with doing uh, good or bad. And that's the truth. Mike is telling the truth. The, the, remember I told you I had a conversation with a rabbi? That same rabbi was explaining the Garden of Eden, and he explained it thus. He explained it exactly the way Mike just explained it. That what was the tree of knowledge? It was in fact the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that when and that when okay now think about this. This is directly from him, and this is the truth, right? Not not from Mike, but from the the rabbi. That Mike is referring to the exact same conversation. I'm sure uh, he knows the story. So the rabbi says there was the creation and the creation of, of of Adam and Eve. How old were Adam and Eve? They were nine hours old when God said, "Oh, you can eat of any tree in this garden." but this one, which is the tree of knowledge. And it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, not just the tree of knowledge, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when they ate the fruit, right, you had 10 hours in. One hour after God said, you can't eat of this tree, you had Eve, who was convinced from the serpent to bite the fruit. Eve bites the fruit, and she says, holy shit, Adam, get over here. You got to eat this. You got to see this. So Adam eats that because she told him to. Then God shows up and says, you ate of the tree, the tree of knowledge. He asks Adam, why did you do that? He, the first thing that Adam does is lie and blame Eve. Well, she told me to. Okay, so then, she, the, so then God goes to Eve and says, you ate of the tree of life, and then convinced Adam, why did you do that? And what does she do? She's the serpent convinced me, lied to me, and told me to do it. So here these people were innocent and didn't know evil and didn't know deception and didn't know lies and didn't know deceit until they learned of the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. And here we are, God says to them, if you eat of the tree of life, it will be the last day that you are alive. Now, that didn't mean, and that's the quandary, did that mean God was going to destroy their souls for that? Well, if that's the case, God didn't do that. So does that mean that God's not all-seeing, all-knowing? That God, first of all, that God is not a man of his word? No, it meant that you will no longer be alive in heaven because you will then fall and descend into darkness because you will be consumed by it. That's what Mike is referring to when he was talking about that. 
He's referring to the actual story that they don't tell you of the Garden of, of Eden. Why? Because if you know this knowledge that Mike is just telling you about and I'm telling you about, then you can repair it by choosing not to, right? What did Yoda say? Fear, anger, aggression leads to the dark side. He was showing you the ways, the path that lead to the dark side. To, to write a thing, you must become aware of that thing. So to know if you're doing something wrong, you have to know what it is that you're doing wrong. Okay, so we have the knowledge of good and evil when we're born. We don't have to eat the fruit anymore. It's happened. So we now have to what? We now have to understand what it is that we've done and fix it by choosing to no longer feed that wolf. That's the Native American uh, term for the devil on your left shoulder and the angel on your right shoulder. Which wolf do you feed? Do you feed the ego? The ego is the devil on your left shoulder and the angel on your right shoulder is your conscience, not your consciousness, but your conscience. Oh, wait, don't do that. That's wrong. You know that's wrong. Don't steal. Don't tell that lie. That's the, that's the angel on your shoulder reminding you that what you're about to do is wrong and bad. So you have to decide whether you're a good soul or a bad soul. Which wolf do you feed? Do I listen to the conscious, my conscience? And do I abide by my conscience and live my life in service to others? Or do I serve myself? Yeah, I like that too. I like comprehend, Mike. Mike said comprehend not understand because we don't stand under anyone that's why he capitalized under we don't stand under anyone because that word gets into our brain and when someone says to you do you understand what i'm saying to you what they're saying to you is do you stand under me slave do you see me as your intellectual and superior and your physical superior that's what that word means literally that's like if you look up the word citizen well i'm a citizen that's the word citizen means slave. Look it up. <laughs> okay. To be a citizen means you're a slave. So these are the things that we have to right ourselves from those wrongs. Right? Yeah, fear or corruption. Fear is corruption. Fear is corruption. Absolutely. That's why they try to get us to live in fear. The more that they can get you living in fear, be afraid. Be afraid of your neighbors. Be afraid of everyone who's a different color or race than you. Be afraid of someone who's a different sexuality than you. Be afraid of everything. Just be afraid of everything. Be afraid of the police. Be afraid of your boss. Be afraid of your friends. Be afraid of your family. Your kids are going to murder you. Your wife's going to kill you. Your husband's going to kill you in your sleep. They want you afraid of everything. Don't turn on the television. Lay on the floor and suck on a Cheerio and do what we tell you to do. You're going to be, you're going to own nothing and be happy. That's what they want. Yeah, right? Erica said, when I left Trinidad, I had to get an alien green card. Yeah, you had to get an alien green card to come to America, right? So you had to prove that you were a slave leaving the king that was guarding over you there and you were, you were coming into the other kingdom then you have to apply here and ask permission from that king to become one of your subjects to stand under that king or queen who's in charge here, whoever that fit rich family is that is the empire that is America. Behind the scenes, the ones you don't know about, not the politicians, they're just puppets being paid by the people behind them. Okay? So... This is the things that Jesus was teaching. This is the things that Muhammad was teaching. 
Be upright. This is your oath as a knight. Be upright and tell the truth, even if it leads to your death. Safeguard the helpless. That's not a joke. I was told that and then slapped across the face, <laughs> just like they did in that movie. <laughs> so I remember it. They didn't get a bloody nose, but I had a, a red cheek, I'll tell you, and almost got a black eye out of it. They do that. They backhand you. Smack! And that is so you forget, don't, don't forget your oath. That's not a joke. Anyone who's ever been knighted by the Roman Catholic Church, and that's the ancient rite of, uh, of a knighthood. And, and it's done that forever. And that's why I tell you to watch the kingdom of heaven, because he does that in the kingdom of heaven. Fear not. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do you see? If you're not afraid of them, you take their power from them. They only have power over you if they scare you. It is the truth in the world today as it was when Jesus was alive, as it was when the Buddha was alive 600 years before that, in, in, in a, you know 4,000 years before that, when Marduk was alive. It is the same, and it has never changed. People say to me, aren't you concerned that the men in black are going to come to your house because you talk about aliens and all of this stuff? No. They have nothing they can take from me. Shakespeare said that. William Shakespeare, when they wrote William Shakespeare, wrote, wrote Hamlet. They made sure, he made sure to put in Hamlet that line where he says, you can take nothing from me that I would more willingly part with but my life. And he wouldn't let, obviously, you're not going to take that. Well, I, I, that's where he draws the line. You can take anything else from me and I'll let you have it, but you're not taking my life. Why? Because you can't. Because if you kill me, what was it that, that when Darth Vader, if you ever watched Star Wars, when Darth Vader was about to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi, he said, strike me down and I will become more powerful than you can ever imagine, Darth. And he did. Because he became a martyr, for one, that solidified Luke's hatred and despised of his own father before he knew it was his father. And eventually he what? He never feared his father. Eventually he went to his father, right? You guys remember in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back? No, Return of the Jedi. In Return of the Jedi, he went before his father and was not afraid of his father. And then he went before the emperor and he wasn't afraid of the emperor. And he said the one thing to the emperor that is, this, that is synonymous with all evil people. He said to the emperor, your arrogance is your weakness. And the emperor lashed out with his ego and said the only thing that he could think of to try and hurt Luke. And what was that? Your faith in your friends is yours. Because he was so arrogant, he believed because he set the trap. That there's no way that they're going to get out of this and that they're all going to die. Yes, I am the one who gave your, your pathetic rebellion the plans and the secrets now witness the power of this fully armed and operational Death Star. But what he didn't count on in his arrogance was a small group of indigenous life forms on the moon, Ewoks, a version of a small pygmy version of the Wookiees that originally was written, by the way, as Wookiees who were primitive. And they changed it for the movie because they already established that the Wookiees, Wookiees were actually intelligent and they didn't think people would understand how all of a sudden there was indigenous life that were not as intelligent as the, as uh, you know, uh, 
Chewbacca and all the people that were in the books, which they didn't show that in the movies hardly at all, the Wookiees in the movies. But if you read the books uh, that they did, they cut out where in between were Luke and Leia, where in that 20 years uh, where Luke and Leia were, were training the new Jedis, there were books <laughs> and stories when Leia was was being guarded by the Wookiees. That's where they started the Jedi Temple was with the Wookiees, by the way. Uh, and uh, and then they went from there. And that's why uh, uh, Chewbacca and Leia were so close because they were became very close friends and they were living together uh, on his planet for 20 years while they restarted the Jedi school with her and Luke. You don't know that unless you read the books. Mike knows what I'm talking about. But all, what does all this have to do with the law of one? Every bit of every part of literature on the face of this earth, including songs, everything, has a version of the plight, the dichotomy, the yin and the yang, the struggle between good and evil, light and dark. Everything. Rock music. Disco, even. Country. Everything. It's in everything. That's part of your awakening. When you start to wake up, part of your awakening is, is the realization and understanding. Understanding. There we go again. Realization that it literally is in everything. Yeah, Wookiees were shown to be too smart with Chewie doing as much as he did so that they had to shrink them down and they called them Ewoks, which is actually an anagram of the word Wookiee. <laughs> right? Ewok, Wookiee, take an add an, they took the O out and changed the letters around uh, and wrote it backwards, Ewok. Right? So it's just a, it's just an anagram of the word Wookiee. Um. You can spell Wookiee there if you add the O in there, W-O-O-K-E-S, Wookiees, <laughs> right? Or Wookiee without the S, Ewoks. So the word Ewok is the word Wookiee. And um, they just changed that. However, that was the, the arrogance is always the weakness of evil. That's the point of that dichotomy and that scene in that book, which became a movie, was George Lucas trying to show us the story just like Jesus would be telling us on the mount, just like Muhammad would be telling us in the desert, just like anyone else uh, was telling us the Matrix movies, the Star Trek sagas, the uh, mostly sci-fi is really good at it, but everything, it's in Moby Dick. All of the struggles and all of the dichotomies and everything that we are and everything that we talk about is in all of that. Now I want a cookie, right? Cookie, 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 wookie, wookie, wookie. Right. <laughs> Ariel says, I want a cookie. <laughs> right. Come to the dark side. We have cookies. So. I I was uh, actually I'm in a um, I don't think I'm in that uh, group anymore. But on World of Warcraft, I'm in a, in a, uh, in a um, I was in a guild and they, they said, come to the dark side. We wear dresses and we have Wookiees. And it, the the joke was all, that everybody was was either gay or bi, and that we all wore dresses, which nobody really did that. But that's what we told everybody, and it was funny. We're you know come to the dark side. We have cookies, and we all wear dresses. Uh, and I think that I think that guild's closed now. I, I don't think that it's around anymore. But it was fun for about four or five years. Okay, so getting back to the law of one, I'm gonna stop here just because we're gone on as long as we have, and it's after six, and I have to get dinner. But I wanted to go. And talk about what we did and go down the road that we did. There was a reason for that, obviously, right? So 
uh, Erica says, I have an experience. I have experience when I worked in the in the psych ward and me being a patient in the psych ward, even persons and there was there was extreme intelligence. Yeah, for even for for people that were and crazy, just crazy people aren't stupid. Usually most of the time they are very smart. And that's a fact. Uh, most people who go crazy, a, a lot of the reason that they go crazy is either because someone is gaslighting them because they are, in fact, a little bit more awake than people know, um, or they're being misunderstood. A, a buddy of mine who has uh, who's schizophrenic and has voices in his head, um, uh, as he had for his whole life, I've known him. And we were talking one day and I said, you do realize that if this were uh, 2000 years ago, you'd be a prophet. <laughs> voices saying shit in his head, you'd be a prophet. And he's like, you know, I never thought of it that way before. I'm like, you'd be a prophet, bro. So it just depends on your point of view. And that's what, again, going back to Star Wars, that's what um, Obi-Wan said to Luke that kind of pissed Luke off. When he said, Luke, you have to realize that many of the truths that we cling to depend greatly on a certain point of view. And that's the truth. People say, that's not true, really. Okay, so... How do you feel about eating a dog? In most countries that owned by white people, that's considered to be grotesque. That you would you would never eat a dog. Go to Southeast Asia and it's a delicacy. Okay. How do you feel about eating a duck? Oh, I don't want to eat a duck. I'll eat a chicken. Chicken's ugly. Ducks are cute. Asians eat a duck all the time. That's a delicacy. Do you eat any red meat? That comes from a cow. In India, that's a holy animal close to God. A lot of people in the, in the Middle East, do you eat pork? Do you eat any pork products? According to the Muslims, that's the most hideous thing you could eat, dirtiest thing on the face of the earth. So it's a, your reality is directly related to your personal point of view. And that's it. You need to realize that. So to understand a thing is to then be able to ascertain the truth of a thing. But you have to have the knowledge of a thing. Okay? So I don't believe in the garden story being a bad thing because I know that if you listen to the Law of One, but there's other, all the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay, all the scrolls removed from the Bible tell the same story that the Law of One tells in that there was a time before the veiling. And why, why the veiling? Ra will explain this as we go forward, but I'll explain it to you now. And then when Ra explains it, I'll make sure to stop and go, this is what I referred to a few uh, episodes ago. There was a time before the veiling when everyone knew, as we were born, a, a, a brand new baby soul. Because how it works is you're created by the creator. You are something. You're not sentient yet, and you're not aware yet. Just like a baby that's born as a human, when it first comes in, it's not aware. It's sentient, but it's not aware of this conceptual reality. And when you look at a baby, you can tell that because the look in their eyes is the look of wonder, the look of beauty, the look of love. And they're looking around at everything, witnessing there's no judgment. This is prior to. This is what the 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 the, the uh, tree of life or the tree of knowledge means. This is what that story meant. As a child, when you're first born, you are not corrupted yet by the reality that is. You're not veiled yet. 
you don't you you don't you remember at that time that's why a lot of kids as they first become adjusting to this re conceptual reality still have memories of their past life or uh like my nephew when he was young he said he was always counting but he would go somewhere with my brother he's autistic but he would go somewhere with my brother uh he's functional now but he was a very unfunctional uh, in the beginning but he would they, my brother get in the car and they'd be driving somewhere he would know where they're going and he would count down from a number and the number seemed random to my brother but when he would count down he would his, he would adjust his count whether my brother sped up the car or slowed down or sat at a stoplight or was in traffic and that kid would stay at an at a cadence that made sense even though it was slowed down it's still the break or, or you know the count itself the cadence was still at the same pace right if it, if it was slowed down to a for you know uh, 877 876 875 it was at that speed as they stopped he would slow it down but the gap in between was still the same distance that it became when there was a change in the atmosphere or in the in and then when they would speed up he would start counting faster and when he got down to zero they would always 100 percent of the time pull into their destination my brother once asked him why do you do that why do you count do you know what my nephew's response to him was god told me to count when i got here god told me when i got here to count everything to take countenance of this place those are the words my nephew said to my brother hey, do you do you guys do you guys fathom what that means to take countenance he was charged by god to take countenance to bear witness to this place and he was counting uh, in, in his experience in real time taking countenance he still does he just doesn't do it out loud anymore yes God, Mike says Miguel in the chat he says we are witnesses to creation this is in the Dead Sea Scrolls Mike refers in almost every scroll but there's a couple of them that are really serious about this that Mike is referring to here in the scroll it says the universe and all that is was created by the creator but there was no one in it to witness it to experience it to see the wonder that is the majesty that is the creation of the creator the creation of the creator the creator was so and still is because the creator has to create it moment by moment second by second millisecond by millisecond recreate over and over and over and so what did the creation decide the creation decided to create us someone that could witness so the truth is imagine this is from raw imagine you're a thought did you think today what did you think today of what you thought today, what was from the original thought today? Well, of your thoughts today, how much of your original thought was part of the creation today? Getting back to the scroll, the creation created us to witness the creation, but we are created in the mind of the creator, not as part of the creation. We are souls dancing on a stage. 
This is from the law of one. We are souls dancing on a stage. We are not part of the third dimensional 3D reality. We are perceiving it, experiencing it, remembering it, recreating it. That's that's me blending the law of one and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay. So according to the Dead Sea Scrolls and the law of one, this was all created by the creator, but there was no one here besides the creator to witness it. So the creator in the creator's mind is imagining a billion, billion, trillion, trillion individual souls that are all having an individual uh, complete experience on their own that has to be autonomous, completely different, and 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 experiencing by themselves their own experience separate from everyone else in every possible scenario that the entire universal mind could possibly imagine. And since the universal mind can imagine everything to infinity, that would suggest that there are infinity amount of souls having an infinite infinity of experiences all at once, witnessing the infinite creation of the infinite universe that was created by the infinite creator. Okay? And yes, Jeanette said, our bodies talk to us all the time. Our body is a construct. It's a pain body. The body's there to root us. And when I say that, I mean solidify us in this reality to remind us of a mortal life. Your body is there to give you pain and pleasure that is what? Stimulating and distracting to your immortal soul to keep, yeah, Mike said quantum multiverse. Yes, infinite quantum multiverse. So it should be quantum infinite verse, right? Multi means means many, but it doesn't mean as many as infinite. So it should be infinite verse, infinite verses, or quantum infinite multiverses. I don't know, something like that. Words to those effect, right? So the pain body is here as a construct to, to give us the illusion of mortality. And then we're veiled so we don't remember. We have amnesia. We're pretending we don't remember that we are, in fact, the creator. And then our ego is the boogeyman. Our ego is the evil part of us, the darkness within us that is trying to distract us. That is what the warning is from the Garden of Eden, that you ate the, the fruit and now you have the knowledge of good and evil, and evil will consume you if you allow it. That's the warning there. That's a parable. That's not what our problem is. Our problem isn't that we ate the fruit. Our problem is that the, that it happened, that it's happening to us. So it's explained to us that you ate the fruit and now you have a problem. It's there to explain to you that you have a problem, and the problem is you perceive good and evil, and you have free will to choose whether you're going to be in service to self or service to others. Okay? And that's what the Garden of Eden story was there. But it was told to humans because it's trying to keep you from being evil. So it's told as if it's evil to know this knowledge. It's not. Okay, that was written 5,000 years ago. It's not evil to know this knowledge. But if you're telling children 
You don't want to tell them that it's okay to be good or evil because it works itself out in the end because in truth, there is no good, there is no evil, and Raw talks about that, and that's why people try to distract away from the law of one because they don't want you hearing what we don't want you to know. That's just like I talked about earlier on my show, uh, and I talked about in other shows that I don't give you all of prophecy. The reason for that is because if prophecy is trying to bring about destruction, then we don't tell you about it because that means it was designed by someone who was evil because they want you to obsess on it because they know the truth. What the devil, uh, you know, they always say the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was getting to the world to be convinced that the devil didn't exist. That's not the greatest trick. The greatest trick the world, uh, the, the devil ever uh, 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 played on the human race was getting the human race to believe it wasn't immortal and that it wasn't a co-creator, and that what we create in our reality becomes reality. That's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. Not making us believe it didn't exist, making us believe we didn't exist. And that's what they're doing with everything. Okay? And I don't doubt, I, I, I'm seeing what Ariel's saying. Ariel, I'm not ignoring what you're saying. She's saying that her son is highly intelligent, Right? Uh, you would call them Sheldon, my my nephew, and both of my nephews, my brother's kids, uh, are they used to call me Sheldon uh, as soon as they found out what Sheldon was. Even though there's a Leonard character in the show, I was more Sheldon my whole life. But they used to call me because there was no Sheldon when I was a kid, so they called me Professor Precise. Uh, and I was Sheldon, and I was a dick just like Sheldon. Uh, with, with my family, most of us are geniuses, so we're all dicks, uh, men and women. So when I'm using the, fir- the term, I'm not just referring to us men. The women are the same way. Um, we're highly intelligent, and, and because of that, we're assholes. So, uh, so Sage, who is the youngest, my brother's son, he is he's become a better Sheldon. His older brother is an, and he treats his, his parents, everybody in our family, like shit. Calls us trade the trash, uh, and he you know judges us all. And we're all pieces of shit in his mind, and we're all he's he literally is Sheldon. So it's hilarious. Usually, people who are very intelligent until they learn the filters. Until they, until they uh, um, uh, really um, um, start to weigh on themselves whether they want to be in service to others or in service to self, uh, because of being a child, your ego kicks in really quickly, and it becomes uh, easier for children, and that's what happens in our society, rewards them for lying, even though you try to stop them from doing it. Society itself teaches that lying and, and cheating and stealing is a good thing. Your schools teach them that, too. Uh, so the best thing you could ever do to your children is homeschool them and then you can shape them. I had to do that with my son. He was, you know, he would have been a serial killer by now had I not. He might even be that I'm, I'm unaware of. Uh, but he was he was down going down the road. But that, that's my paranoia because I was studying going <laughs> to Quantico to be a to be a, a serial killer hunter. I was so to be a profiler. And uh, because of that, you get really paranoid uh, about uh, people and what they can become. You do until you get grasp of it. Once you get a grasp of it, then you're okay. So, so yeah, I wasn't. So you're. So just keep working on your son, Ariel. He'll be okay. Just keep teaching him the right things and to keep him away from being egoic, and teach him the, the teach him the filters that he doesn't have as Sheldon. Uh, right now, he doesn't have the filters because he's super smart, and it's not logical for him to be concerned with someone's uh, the way they feel. Because that's not logical. And in truth, when you're like Spock, when you're all logic, that's like, what, what is your problem? Why is your feelings hurt? Why do you have feelings, first of all, right? And, and so he doesn't get, he doesn't get what, what the ramifications of the, he hasn't started listening to 
either. He's not feeding either. Okay, he's not feeding the ego and he's not feeding the 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 uh, the conscience. He's ignoring both. He's being he's being sentient, but he's being uh, 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 you know objective, but he's but he's just being logical. So you need to teach him to to not be logical, but to stay logical. That's what I had to learn, right? So I have the logic, but I've learned the filters of what not to say to people to piss them off because it's just not right to say that stuff to, to hurt their feelings. And you can show that to him whenever, uh, you know, you have to say that. Would you like it if I said that to you? You have to do those things. I, you know, I don't say those things to you. So did you know how that feels when I say that to you? Well, that's how they feel. And you need to get them to see that and understand that or understand that to, to uh, actually conceptualize that concept. It is a construct that he's going to try and fight against because it's against his nature. Right. But then you have to find out whether he's in service to others or service to self. Teach him to be in service to self, uh, others, not self. And once you start doing that and send him down that path and just keep nudging them, that's all you can do with kids. You can't control them. You can just nudge them back onto the track. You can pick them up, kiss them, kiss the boo-boo, help them out, put them back into play. Uh, you can not You can give them the tools, but you can't make them. You can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So with children, you can lead them. So lead them, uh, you know, but don't – if you lead with an with a, with a iron hand, they're going to resent it and they're going to pull away from it and they're going to try and do it anyways. So you have to lead them with logic and not and not um, corporal punishment, um, and that's hard to do because your instinct is to go whack because you're being an asshole. Right? Don't do that to me. Don't treat me that way. I'll slap you around, right? Um, sometimes you're going to have to, but but you got to try and do it with love instead of ego. So you got to not have the triggers yourself. That's the hardest part. Is children force us to grow up? <laughs> If we want our children to become good adults, we have to first become the good adult we're trying to make them be so that we, they won't say, well, you do it all the time because that's the first thing their ego is going to tell them to do. And, and when you're young, you listen to the ego and blurt that out. You don't have control over it yet. That's what we're here to do is to gain control of the ego to get above it, to get above the thinking mind and become objective, not subjective to our whims. Uh, and and we first have to become what we want our children to become so we can lead them by example. And so they can't say to us, you are doing it. Don't give me that do as I say, not as I do bullshit. Because I know that when I grow up, I can be just like you. And that means I don't have to give a fuck about what you say. They may not say that out loud, but that's what they're thinking if you're not leading by example. So you have to take all of those away from them. Everything that they can say that you're doing wrong, you have to take away from them. So they can write, right? They, they mirror us. They're programmers. Miguel just said that. Mike said that. And that's great because that's the truth. Okay. So, and then, and, and then Jeanette's saying, good night, Leo. Right. Everyone, thank you. And that's my cue too, Jeanette, that it is time for me to leave. I said that it's six and here I am at six 30. So I'm going to put that on the screen. Good night, everyone. Right. Uh, so I'll be back next Friday to do the law of one again. And we'll, and however long it takes us to get through it, we'll get through it. You understand now or see now, get now, why it is that I stop? People say, oh, he stopped. He's not even talking about the law of one. Those people don't understand. There's that word again. It's program. Those people don't realize and understand or, 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 you know, get that everything is the law of one. Everything is the way Jesus was teaching. Everything is the way Mohammed was teaching. It is all the same. The difference is the semantics of how you do it. And it's all, you know, the way of the of being a knight, the way of a Jedi knight, which I also have a Jedi knight title, right? That's uh, uh, Kelto Stormcrow. That's my Jedi name. Um, is literally, it's a way of life. You have to live a certain way. 
so it's the same. So in, to follow Jesus's footsteps to Foth, talking about going and finding the way to the center, which is the way across Bifrost, the Rainbow Bridge. Think about that really quickly and I'll go. Bifrost, the Rainbow Bridge. What is the Rainbow Bridge? It's the chakras, the colors of the chakra. So to get to to get to Valhalla is is, is to what? Is to align all of the chakras properly to be upright and hit the zero point so that you can then cross over into Valhalla, Elysium. That's the 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 uh, the um, Roman heaven was Elysium. If you saw that movie, uh, you know uh, where where you know he, the, he was. Uh, I forgot what the name was. Spartacus. Uh, it, it, he said, you know, uh, when he was the general still before he became the prisoner, uh, he was the general and he said to his troops, if you find yourself in the green fields, fear not, you're in Elysium. That's why the movie Elysium with Matt Damon, go and watch that movie. Elysium was the space station that the rich and the elite people lived in, in, in the heavens. And they called it Elysium, which meant heaven. And everybody lived in hell down on earth. That was what the movie was about. Again, that's another movie about being stuck and the rich and the elites putting themselves above us. Uh, so I wanted to point that out. So it's in everything. It is everything. The dragon in uh, in uh, 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 the, the Excalibur in 1982, they talked about the dragon. The dragon is in everything. It is everything. And to see it all together at once will burn you to cinders. That is seeing evil for its greatness without being prepared for it will burn you to cinders. And the only way out of that is to either be holy or get cast into oblivion. And that's what he did when, uh, when uh, the, the uh, I can't think of her name right now, the, the woman who was the, the sister to uh, Arthur who had his son by, by faking him out and making him believe that he was his wife. Um, it, that's where... Uh, where Merlin part her, he cast her into oblivion. He said that he used the eyes of the dragon to see her. That's why his eyes grew red. And he says, I cast you into oblivion. I cast you. Right. And that was why he was condemning her because she was evil. And then of course, before he could uh, finish, uh, they took the heart of, you know, they took Excalibur, which was the might of the dragon uh, that was used in the holy way to defeat the dragon and shoved it through the heart of the dragon, which disrupted Merlin and uh, she was able to then steal the charm of making, which I do know, by the way, and I've said it uh, before. Um, stole the charm of making from Merlin uh, and put him into the dream state where he was only in a dream. He could only manifest in dreams. Uh, that's another story that we can get into. Yes, the eye of the tiger, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so the balance of the chakras yes erica the balance of the chakras is the way to heaven the way to kingdom of heaven foth says the way to heaven is through the center and that's the center point the zero point and that is through the heart chakra and that is the only way that the heart chakra becomes solidified or starts to crystallize is that all your other chakras have to be in alignment jesus said because jesus was what jesus was logos jesus is the word of god the word of god is logos that word is the, is the Greek word that means the word of God. That word that translates into modern English as love. So Jesus said the way to the kingdom of heaven is through me. He meant through Jesus, through love, through his teachings, through the center of your heart. All of them are pointing to the zero point, the center point of you, your soul, 
is where the this where the kingdom of heaven is. And that's why the movie The Kingdom of Heaven was called that because it was the battle and the and his and Balian's uh, uh, descent into hell and then rising up to become what he was, the true knight that he was, the leader that he was, the king that he was, and he ascended like Jesus ascended because he found within himself that which lifted him up. That is what all of these pre preachers throughout all of time have been trying to tell us. The rainbow bridge, crossing it, is balancing your chakras and, uh, and, and crossing over in your consciousness to within yourself, to the one to the path of God, to the path of, of, of Valhalla, to the path of Elysium, whatever you want to call uh, that kingdom of heaven for whatever, whatever spirituality you have, that domain that is the creation that you are. And that's, that's crossing over into the Bifrost, the Rainbow Bridge. And that's why, right, they're telling us that the rainbow belongs to gay people. Well, why is that synonymous? Let's go down that road real quick, Erica. Why is that synonymous with gay people? Because gay people are usually what? They're, they're not what they appear to be. They're not so male, but it's a female soul in a male body or a male soul in a female body. The true embodiment of the spiritual mind of the universe in the scrolls they took out that they don't want you to know about tells you that the creation, the creator of the universe is as one androgynous being, neither man nor woman, but both male and female together as one collective consciousness. And they don't want you to know that because they need you to be separate and they need you to be very manly if you're a man and they need you to be very feminine if you're a woman. And they don't want you to be masculine as a woman and they don't want you to be feminine as a man. Why? Because the more that you use that rainbow on yourself, which is teaching you the yin and the yang, which is teaching you to be in contact with both the male and female and to accept it, right? We Bakhtun 12, according to the Mayans, Bakhtun 12 has ended and Bakhtun 13 has begun. Bakhtun 12 is the time of tribulation, or actually the in-between is the Kali Yuga, is the, 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 uh, the Ragnarok. That's the time from, from 2012 until now, okay? That is the in-between. As one winds down and the other winds up. So but prior to 2012, Bakhtun 12 was in full effect. That, that energy was male-dominated energy. That is warlike, and that's why we on this planet were so warlike. I'm turning the camera back on because we're going to end here. That's why we on the planet were so warlike for the last 12,000, 50,000, 150,000 years. Bakhtun 12 ended, and Bakhtun 13 started to begin and is only in full effect at the end of this trimester, three-year cycle that ends December 24th, 2022 this year activation of the planet and what is Bakhtun 13 13 in the in the astral line of things 369 12 or and 13 the 13th warrior the one the way 13th Bakhtun is the way of us and it is the feminine energy so we're leaving that is the age of Aquarius we're leaving the warlike energy behind and we are becoming more uh, nurturing, loving, caring. It doesn't make me weak. 
doesn't make you weak. It makes you more loving. They want you to believe it makes you weak, so your ego says, no, you're supposed to be a manly man. And even you women are supposed to be manly men. And you're supposed to fight and go to war and fight against evil in a physical way. And that's the lie. If you're a warrior, it's because you're a warrior spiritually and you're fighting a spiritual battle. There is no reason to engage in a physical conflict because that is their wheelhouse and that's where they want you. Right now, if I were to engage in a physical way with this government, look what they did with the January 6th people. They locked them up for taking selfies and said they were trying to destroy the democracy of America. Why? Because they did something in a physical way and that's what they want you to do so they can throw the book at you and beat your body down and kill your body so that your soul can no longer communicate with the people in this reality. So you're gone and they think you're gone forever and they convince everyone when you die, you die, you're gone. You never come back. That's what they want you to believe because they know that when those people die, when they do come back, they come back veiled. The problem that they their arrogance doesn't allow them to be objective and believe or understand using their vernacular that when these people come back in, they're going to wake up faster than they ever did before. And that's what's happening now. People are waking up exponentially faster and they're waking up exponentially because of, of people like myself and you and anyone else that is raising the vibration by you just being here and being positive. And that's raising the vibration of the human resonance, which is raising the vibration of everyone, which is changing the face of the world for a better place. Remember that song by Michael Jackson? We are the world. We are the children, right? And what's the other lyrics? Changing the face of the world, making the world a better place. What? For you and me? What? That's what he was talking about. They were talking about. Okay. So, yeah, birthdays are extremely important. Birthdays are extremely important because it's the day that you are uh, awake, your soul is awakening to this reality. and Your experiences are beginning. And it's so you should, every time you have that, this is when I was birthed. This is when I awoke. This is when I first realized I was alive in this lifetime. That's something to be cherished because you're supposed to track yourself from how was I then to now and what is my growth between then and now. Birthdays are important, not because you get presents, but because they show you the distance of time between when I didn't know anything and what I know now. All right, guys. I love you guys. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Actually, Monday, I will be on Ariel's show. Ariel, tell everybody in the chat where they can find the show on Monday and what time, because I'm going to be on the show on Monday on Ariel's show on the 4th of July. Uh, so please give us the time uh, in the chat for that. I know there's a lag, so I'll wait, because I know there's like a 30-second lag before you'll be able to type it in and tell everybody. So I will be on Ariel's show this coming Monday on the 4th of July. Then on Wednesday... I'll be on our show, Mike and I's show, uh, and uh, Aaron Fowler and uh, and Norma Rasmussen. Uh, we will be on Skull Island on Wednesday at 4 p.m. West Coast American time. And then next Friday at 4 p.m. West Coast American time, a week from today, I'll be back on Orion Rising to do this show. So she says uh, 8.45 p.m. Eastern time. Where can they find the show, Ariel? What? Where is it broadcast? Uh, let us know that so we can tell everybody where they can find us. And you guys, if you don't know where Ariel goes live, uh, then she'll tell you that here in a moment. And then I'll make sure to tell everybody on the MP3 file where to go. Uh, and so it's 8.45 p.m. East Coast America time. So, right, so that's 5.45 West Coast America time. We'll be going live. That is on the 4th of July. 
uh, and that's Ariel's, uh, uh, what is that, Ariel's um, pervy perspective? Is that what that says? Uh, I don't have my glasses on, Mike. I apologize for that. But you can read that. But so is that is that the place? Uh, and is that the YouTube on YouTube? All right. So go to YouTube and and look for Ariel's. And that's spelled. I put my glasses on so I can spell it to you guys. So you, those of you who are on the MP3 broadcast, you guys can't see this on the screen here. So it's so it's A R E R A I R A R I E L S. And then she has next word, P-E-R-V, as in Victor Y, next word, P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E-S on YouTube. Okay. So go and look that up on YouTube. Be there at 8.45 p.m. Monday, 4th of July in America or West Coast, West Northern Hemisphere, uh, 4th of July. Because if it's in, you know, if you're uh, too far east, it'll already be the 5th of July. <laughs> right. Uh, 8.30 p or 8.45 p.m. West Coast America time, 5.45 p.m. Uh, I'm sorry, the other way around. 8.45 East Coast uh, North America uh, continent, 5.45 West Coast North American continent uh, uh, on her YouTube channel. We'll be live there and I'll be talking. And then uh, uh, on uh, Skull Island podcast on uh, YouTube or Skull Island podcast on Facebook. I'm not sure which one we'll be going live on uh, this week because we, we switch off uh, and go back and forth. Uh, we'll be live uh, for Skull Island. You can look us up and uh, you'll hear uh, you'll see Mike and I and Aaron and Norma. And we'll be talking on there. And then I'll be back on Friday to do the law of one and to confuse you guys with a bunch of other craziness that has to do with what it is that we're here for. All right, guys, I love you. And I'm going to stay. Share this out. Share this out. Share this out. This has been Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. If we don't see you on the 4th of July, have a great celebration for the 4th of July. Hopefully, you guys will be uh, uh, back in time to from the fireworks to go ahead and tune in. If you don't want to go where the fireworks are and all that craziness, tune in. We'll be talking more than likely spirituality. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. It's completely up to Ariel. What we're going to be talking about on her show come uh, Monday. All right, guys. Peace out.